I got feelings, you know. This ain't cowboy. Everybody's got them. The hell with everybody. No, maybe it's the hell with you. I don't want to listen to this crap. They don't talk like everybody owes you a living. Shut your mouth. Look, nobody owes nobody nothing. You owe yourself. You're wrong. Friends owe. Friends don't owe. They do because they want to do. Shut your freaking mouth. You've been keeping me down. Down? You know, you're like a crazy brother to me. You really are. So I want to tell you something. This is coming straight from the heart. And I mean this. You ain't down. And you ain't a loser. You're just a jealous, lazy bum. Okay. I'm gonna break your mouth. I'm gonna break your mouth up! You listen to the skeleton crow, and I don't sweat, yo. I feel like when I've been overtaxed, what's for you or you do is laugh, cause that ain't good enough. You expect me to fold myself in half till I snap. Don't think I'm loyal, all I do is laugh. I can't, I moonlight on the side, I have no life outside of that. Don't I give you enough of my time? You don't think so, do you? Jealous when I spend time with work Why I'm married to you still, man, I don't know But tonight I'm serving you with papers I'm divorcing you Go marry someone else and make them to me And take away their freedom like it did to me Treat them like you don't need them And they ain't worthy of you Freedom, the same shit that you made me eat. I'm moving on, forget you, oh Now I'm special, I feel special When I was with you, all I ever felt was this Helplessness, imprisoned by a selfish bitch Chew me up and spit me out I fell for this so many times, it's ridiculous And still I stick with this, I'm sick of this But in my sickness and addiction, you're addictive as they get Evil as they come, vindictive as they make them My friends keep asking me why I can't just walk away from them Addicted to the pain, the stress, the drama I'm drawn to shit, I guess I'm a mess Cursed and blessed with this time I ain't changing my mind, I'm climbing out this abyss You're screaming as I walk out, that's in me But when you spoke of people who meant the most to you You left me off your list, fuck you I'm leaving you, my life sentence is served, bitch And it's just Skeleton Crew is back. I'm feeling good. Oh my god. Life is so good, isn't it, Jamie? I'm about to enjoy it even more. This is going to be fun. The future is so bright. Gotta wear shades. Gotta wear shades, man. You know? This is the Skeleton Crew, a horror podcast. We're not a superhero podcast or a TV show podcast. We are a horror podcast, and we're here to have fun, and that's it, and have a good time, and that's why... We have a special guest host, a good buddy of mine and Jamie's, and a really great friend of the show. You know him from Scream, one, two, three, four, show. (laughs) It is Duncan McLeish from Podcasts Under the Stairs. What's up, Duncan? Dude. (laughs) This is so fucking awesome being here. What, you actually appreciate it, you're saying? You actually are happy to be here? That is Of course. Aw- of co- yeah, you, 
who would think you wouldn't be? <laughs> that's insane. But uh, yeah, so that's great, man. We're glad to have you here. Uh, so we have a, a cool show coming up. You know, did we do the top 25 worst horror movies list? Is that what that was? We went, yeah, we went through the list that was pulled from horrormovies.ca, and um, we ran down the the according to them the 25 worst horror films. Right. They're usually ridiculous, and here's one thing that we did that kind of counter counter uh, acts with what I said on that show. On that show, I said clearly these people have not watched every indie horror movie. They have not, you know, gone to the Walmart ten dollars section every Tuesday with horror because those movies are not even near the worst. But you know, I guess it really does make sense, don't you think? I mean. Why should we name obscure movies that nobody's heard of? Isn't it more fun even to mention popular horror movies that someone knows? Yeah, I mean, when I was going through my list trying to narrow it down, there were a lot of, um, like, there were a couple of, like, Hold Your Breath was on there. Well, Hold Your Breath is like, I think it's even an asylum film. And I was like, you know what, that's not even fair. It's not fair to include that movie as bad as it is. um, There are big movies out there, or bigger movies out there that are worse so um yeah i tried to make an effort to and i'm not even including i didn't include any remakes on my list either because that's kind of like shooting fish in a barrel i think um so and i'm not saying if, if either of you guys included remakes i think that's totally acceptable i'm just saying hey, whatever fuck you when i did <laughs> when i did <laughs> when so I, uh, i'm gonna go rework my list i will be right back after this <laughs> since nine of them are remakes well, Duncan, what do you think? Uh, you know, did you go? You went popular, horror, right? So you know, somebody. Yeah, somebody yeah, I, I, yeah. I, p- I picked a couple here. I don't think I'm I'm going to be bringing to the table anything which is is not already known by your your average kind of well informed horror fan. Um, I think I, I, I unfortunately did pick a couple of remakes because, I mean, I yeah, it's totally valid. I'm not saying it's not yeah. valid. Are valid choices. If you hate the movie. You flat out hate the movie. Oh yeah, I think I've, what, I, what I've done is I've tried to pick uh, remakes though that um, change, like either change everything about it uh, for the worse. So they try and they try and reinvent the movie, but basically change everything that makes the original so amazing. Um, and there's one on there which I, I mean I, you'll you'll you probably will have it on your list as well except Jamie because she doesn't have remakes on hers um, <laughs> but uh, one which is basically a shot for shot and pointless um, so yeah I mean Ooh, I, know. <laughs> I know I know yeah. <laughs> yeah so I mean I think I think that's the thing I think um, the interesting thing about these films is you pro- if you probably look at the- some of these remakes they made more money than the originals um, and I think that's what I think that's how I took it popular as in it it made more money but you know that doesn't necessarily mean they're good Hey, this is Don Costarelli, and you are listening to The Skeleton Crew. And I had rough, uh, and dies at the end. There ain't no coming back. This is the really real world. There ain't no coming back. We killed your dad. There ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back. There ain't no coming back. The devil stood and felt how awful goodness is. And felt how awful goodness is. 
victims, aren't we all? This is the segment of the 10 worst horror movies of all time, but we're going the popular route, something you've heard of. For example, we're not going to say Camp Dread or Torment. Did you watch that? I saw that you bought it. Torment? Yeah. Oh, no, right, you redboxed it. Yeah, I had it in my hand, and I go... Sorry, I'm picking Doritos at my teeth. I had it in my hand, <laughs> and then I walked a couple feet, and I said, no, wait a minute, hold on. This is not $10, it's $12. I don't know if I could do this. I can't commit to this. So I said, I wonder if they have it in Redbox. Let me just go there for the hell of it. And I only wanted it because I love Catherine Isabel, still do. And I just wanted to watch, you know, her movie. I'm going to meet her tomorrow, actually. I went there, and they had it. So I threw the thing back onto a pile of clothes in the women's section, the movie. And then I only bought the shirt I had in my hands also. And then I rented Torment from Redbox. And I got home, watched it. And then at the end, I said, why did they even make this? Then so here here's the movie. So this family goes and goes back to their old house, but their old house was when the original mom was still alive. She died of cancer, I think. So the guy married Catherine Isabel instead. The son's rejecting her and doesn't like her, says, You're not my mom, I don't love you, blah 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 blah. Don't sit there, that's where my mom sat, all that kind of shit. And turns out there were people already living in that house because it was like a, a summer house or something like that. So there were people in there when he wasn't there. And they saw evidence of this, but they didn't really see the people themselves. Then, of course, they go to sleep or whatever the fuck happens. Then the people come out. They're wearing all these costumes, like on the cover of the big mouse costume. And there's a pig and there's something else. And it's fluffy animal heads that they just put on their heads. And so basically they, they kidnap everybody, tie them up to stuff tell them that they're going to kill the dad because he tortured the kid by having him somewhere he didn't want to be and basically what they do is they do this to random families they take the kid after killing the parents and then they raise them into that family almost like a cult type thing and make them believe that this is your real family we'll protect you we'll do those things that your parents didn't do and then they all grow up to be like wild animals and kill other people and do the same thing to their kids and that was the movie. And it was the typical bullshit where the guy's tied up in the kitchen, the guy in his little costume is going, The truth will set you free. Papa, tell the truth. You don't love him. And it was like the fucking dumbest thing ever, guys. I, I, I feel like I'm dumb talking so long about it, but <laughs> it's just like it added nothing to the world. It was just a waste of time. And I'm so mad. Catherine Isabel did a great job, but with a dumb role. But, God, is it stupid. Like, I don't even know how the writer sold this to anybody who made it. That is what I'm trying to say. Damn. We're going to get to the uh, the top ten worst horror movies of all time that you actually know. So, as the guest, Duncan, why don't you start off with your least hated of all the picks you did. Pick your, pick your least hated one you put on there. Uh, what is the worst horror movie, in your opinion? One of your top tens. Um, oh, man. See, I, I, I hate them all equally. <laughs> I, I, I didn't... Yeah, I just kind of picked the ones that got my back up. So I'll start with this one. And this one might 
be slightly controversial because I, I know of quite a few people that actually don't mind this movie. I fucking hate it. I absolutely hate it. And it's Seed of Chucky. Um, I just don't understand the purpose of this movie. And um, here's a couple of things that just in general in horror movies kind of annoy me. Um, but when they're put in this movie, just irritate the fuck out of me. So the first one is pointless rapper cameos. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I hate that in a horror movie because one it dates your movie horribly because the chances are that that rapper won't be relevant 10 years from now um, and in the case of this movie Red Man, I mean who remembers Red Man I mean who, is Red Man still alive is he still recording things I don't know I, fucking, I don't know I, I I can't actually, I can't I, hand on heart, I've never heard a Red Man song so there you go, but he's in it and he's He's got all the screen presence of a fucking wet cabbage. Um, <laughs> it just it, it's just a, a pointless rapper cameo because that's what happened. At, you know, in the middle of the two thousands, um, they've got the the kid. This the actual seed of Chucky and Tiffany looks like a zombie Ziggy Stardust era fucking <laughs> David Bowie. You know what I mean? and they don't explain why that is and he knows martial arts because on the bottom of his foot it says made in Hong Kong which I just think is a really fucking shitty joke um, the Chucky character himself is now a third tier character in this one, I mean in Bride of Chucky he's a second tier character because we're pushing the Tiff character right out there um, and this one he becomes third tier because you've got um, you've Jennifer Tilly's character then you've got fucking Ziggy Stardust and then you've got Chucky. And nothing, is this what it looks like, Ziggy Stardust? <laughs> and I, I mean, it gets to the stage that, um, I mean, you think about those first couple of movies where he's, he's so sinister and so menacing. The highlight of this movie for him is wanking into a cup. Right. And having John Waters look through the window, oh, thank God for the little people. I just, it just irritates the fuck out of me. And this movie, for some this gets a pass from people. I don't understand it. If you look where that franchise started, and I, I mean, I love Curse of Chucky. I, I mean, that to me is a, a welcome return. Yeah. Is that the, oh, the one that brought it back? Yeah. We, we <laughs> yeah Jonathan you Miller. and I did a show about that. <laughs> I love that movie. I love that movie. Um, but when you see how that, that, that franchise started, and then you see that that was a the movie they basically went out, out on for, what, like almost a decade. Um, that pretty much sums up why there was no attention for a Chucky movie. It just that that movie single handedly destroyed the franchise. Um, so yeah, there you go. Is that is that justification enough? Do you want? I can keep going about this piece of shit if you want. <laughs> well, I guess the thing we have to ask is, do we have any objections to this? I honestly have not seen this in a while, but I recall thinking it was kind of funny. Back when it originally came out, and then um, we did that whole child's play series on podcast under the stairs, but I don't think I did that one. Did I did the oh, first? You, you, you missed that one, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I didn't actually watch it again recently. So I, I have no, I have no idea what I would feel about it now. But you know, I, I can, I completely understand everything Duncan has said, and I really can't argue with anything that he said. So um, yeah, I can't argue. There's a, there's a popcorn level to the movie, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it uh, here you know you're talking to somebody who's not invested in Chucky whatsoever. I don't give a fuck. I mean, uh, it's whatever to me. I don't even like Bride of Chucky. I don't like Bride of Chucky either. So 
And that's one everyone seems to like. Yeah, they do. And I don't like Seed of Chunky, which you just said you like. So, to, you know, I don't get it. And I watched that shit twice. You mean Curse. Oh, sorry. Okay, we just said Seed. Yeah, Curse is what I'm talking about. And I don't get it. I just don't understand what part of this you like. And and I, I'm sitting there. It brought it back, though, did it? I'm sure it did, but brought it back to what? Chucky. And and it's like, you know, the guy's head, okay, his head slides off or some shit, okay, in the car accident. All right. And that, is, that is a pretty... That is an awesome scene. Okay, but what does that mean? We're, we have 90 other minutes here. The yeah. whole movie's good. Just stop. Ah, uh, whatever, but... Didn't you hear Jonathan Orr? It's the best movie of the year because it brought it back. Oh, <laughs> I did hear that. I think we've heard the that for echoing for a long time on we this. We have, show. yeah. <laughs> Enough but, of that. Yeah, I think I think on three different shows we've heard the words "brought it back." Oh, yo, yo and all three. That. Put a zero behind that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thirty. Every show who listens to this show probably dropped the oh, yo, 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 yo. Uh, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get. Curse, so seed. I'm not going to sit here and defend. So the verdict is in, and he is right. Duncan Malish is right. It is, and not. It's not one of the best horror movies. It's one of the worst. So that is right. Okay, Jamie, you're next. What is one of the worst horror movies ever? Start with your least hated, if you could. The Exorcist Two. Good. Oh Her- yes. yes. Heretic. And I know that people defend that film. Uh, because of the director and I don't give a shit it just because I don't care who you are if you turn out a shit movie you turn out a shit movie and that's exactly what this was what irritates me about this film is that it is a complete waste of Linda Blair who is cute as hell at this at this stage and could have been yeah I, don't know, I just think they wasted her um, James Earl Jones who is uh, who is an extreme talent and everyone knows his voice uh, I can. I often can't remember his name, so I frequently refer to him as the Darth Vader guy. Yeah. <laughs> but you, know his, you know his voice is Darth Vader. You know his voice from doing film trailers. You know him from roles throughout. Conan. And, yet, and he's doing mm-hmm. this. He's doing this, and it's bad. It confused. I want to say it's Sir Richard Burton who's in the Heritage. Uh, yeah, Richard Burton's an exorcist. Okay. Um, anyway, t- total waste of a, a renowned actor and the plot is ridiculous the storyline is is completely absurd you spend all this time watching people twirl shit above their heads with locusts all over the place it has nothing to do with anything really that the exorcist is about Pazuzu. And, and as far as i'm concerned it is just a blight on <laughs> on the franchise that is the Exorcist franchise. And that includes the two prequels that are basically the same movie but different that come later. This is worse than those. But I mean, so as far as I'm concerned, Exorcist 2 doesn't even really exist. I have the box set, but I never watch it. I go from the Exorcist straight to the Exorcist 3, which is William Peter Blatty's idea of what a sequel to the Exorcist should be, and it's an excellent film. Is it? Yeah, Exorcist 3 is awesome. Um, Oh, yeah. It really so, is. It's so good. Mm-hmm. It's so good. Uh, so I, um, I can't. Every time I try to, I, I watched it most recently when I did the, the Exorcist Extravaganza. Exorcist, Damn, I came up with the fucking title. I can't wow. say it. <laughs> hey, do you know what they call six uh, horror movies in a row? No? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Actually, we got an answer to that. 
Oh, we did? What was it? Mark Harrison said it's six in a series is a hexology. Oh, well, it makes sense. Which would make sense, yeah. Thank you, Mark. Um, when we did, when Gary and I did the Exorcist Stravaganza show for Cinema Beef Podcast, which if you haven't heard that, I, I recommend you check it out. Um, we covered every single Exorcist film and Repossessed. Oh, Repossessed. Um, I love that movie. And I just, so I, it hasn't been all that long since I forced myself to watch it again for that. And the whole time, I'm like, why am I watching this? It's, it is such a drudge. I mean, you just, you're trudging through it. It's so really just boring and I can find no redeeming value in it whatsoever so as far as I'm concerned that is one of the worst what, films what was that one called? The Exorcist 2 The Heretic no the other one you just mentioned Repossessed? yeah is that is that with Leslie Nielsen? yeah <laughs> that's, that's Linda Blair making fun of herself and um and and Leslie Nielsen doing the spoof is basically the, the spoof and, of The Exorcist oh, okay, I get it yes or what would happen if she got repossessed, you know, years later after she had a family and everything? Well, that was a nice rant. Uh, uh, you're not going to get no disagreement from me because in Skeleton Crew number 18, we did the first Jump the Shark show and Exorcist was on there. And we picked the one that jumped the shark was Exorcist 2. So if you want to hear my rant, go on there. Duncan? Oh, I'm 100% with you on that one. I, I just... This... To me, I would much rather they had just skipped that one and just did the third one. The third one, to me, is a far more interesting movie. Oh, it's really good. And it's actually legitimately scary. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of sequences in that. I always saw it last year because you told me to check it out. And there's a couple of sequences in that are creepy as fuck. Yay. I love when I do that. Okay. Well, there's no argument here. (laughs) I will go. I'll start off with... uh... Something that will get a lot of a lot out of Jamie, I think. Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. Oh, man. Damn it. Oh, hush, Duncan. <laughs> uh, I'm not a fan of Nightmare on Elm Street at all. I only like part two. I, bear- I don't like part one. Sorry, guys. I just don't. I watched it again about a year ago. I thought it was boring. Uh, part three is interesting. It's, that's probably the most entertaining besides part two to me. And uh, the rest are just crap to me. Even the new Nightmare. I watched it again. Didn't like it. Just thought it was stupid. I hate the way Freddy looks. I love the way he looks in that. He's a rock star, dude. I don't care for the <laughs> actress. I don't care for what he, the fucking hat he has on or the jacket or anything. I just think it's terrible. Everything about it just doesn't work for me. I think it's very interesting. Very well thought out. The whole thing about the script and it coming to life. All that type of shit. Whatever. Fine. So they should have ended it there. But they made the mistake of doing Freddy vs. Jason. And Robert England just dropped the ball on that role. That was just terrible acting. And everything was horrible with that. So they uh, go ahead and just say, okay, fuck it. Let's remake this shit. 2010. I, and this is a big mo- – it should have been a great experience for me. I went to the fucking – there's a drive-in movie theater in something New York. Uh, fuck, what was it called? I don't remember. But it's in New York. Not the city. Regular New York. So drive-in. Watch this movie. And I could tell this movie is not made for fans at all. Uh, Freddy doesn't even seem to be having any fun. Uh, there's none of that, like, the happiness that comes with killing people or the fun of it. It's just like... Well, no, because it's dark. It's intended to be dark. Yeah, it's... cold, monotonous killing. Uh, the only thing that might bring, like, uh, like, a fan happiness is when they did some, like, repeated some iconic scenes and stuff... 
but but even that, like, it had no impact because we saw it already, and it's just like, uh, yeah, wow, look, they're doing the fucking bathtub scene. Oh, and then all of a sudden, Freddy comes through the fucking wall, and it looks like a ridiculously bad CGI, mm-hmm. so even that fails. Like, you're doing shit that should be, like, you're throwing fish to seals here and we're not clapping, you know? Like, it's just not working out. Uh, the script is horrendous. Uh, the the concepts, the micro naps, that was only there so that we could just have Freddy in in all these different scenes, and 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 even then you knew he was coming, so there was no tension or any surprise or anything like that. Uh, the kills really are not that creative. Uh, the dreams are not like out of this world crazy like you would think you'd get in 2010 compared to 84. Like they're not really that great, you know. And I talked about that with. Uh, with uh, like Exorcist, like we uh, the Exorcist, uh, the beginning or whatever, the, whatever the last Exorcist or whatever, like comparing that to the original is like comparing this. It's like 1974 or whatever when the original came out. That had so much more crazy shit than a movie in 2011. Are you fucking mm-hmm. with me? Like how does that how does that happen? So to me, like if you're not like knocking my socks off at this point, something's fucking wrong, man. You got a concept like Freddy Krueger. Like I always said, I love. The concept. Freddy is one of the greatest concepts in horror history, bar none. A guy who will get you when you fucking go to sleep. Brilliant. Probably the best concept ever in horror instead of a monster. You could take Frankenstein. Oh, a guy put together with dead people. That's an amazing concept. Yeah, it is. That's all cool. But Freddy is one of the greatest concepts ever. And I think most of those movies failed uh, for Freddy. And this one, you had a chance to bring new creative people who could work on this for a couple years and then get the shit out. And you still fucking bring nothing to it is amazing to me. I can't believe it. Even the casting of Freddy, Jack Girl Hurl Haley or whatever, he's a great actor, but he's not Freddy. And, And even the character, he's just a pervert with no charm, no charisma. Uh, he's, he's, he's not even like teasing with these guys or fucking with them. He's just, it's just like everything about Freddy's not even here. There's just no point to this. Uh, like the, the, the changes they made, like, uh, the, the crimes when he was alive and shit like that. It's just very uneasy. It just makes everybody kind of uncomfortable. It's like, what the fuck are we watching here? Like, this is supposed to be escapism and you're bringing us into like, and that's cool. I mean, it worked for Silence of the Lambs. You know, like, that shit happens, and that's all good, but I don't think, at this point, when you got Freddy, it's a fucking clown for the last five movies. Do we really want to bring him to this? Does that make any sense to anybody? Yes. (laughs) I'm with you on this, Alex. Um, I know Jamie has, Jamie hasn't, like, firstly, let me just say how honored I am to be on a podcast with someone that acknowledges that the second Nightmare on Elm Street is a fucking good movie. It's like... and I'll tell you right now, my, my favourites in order go three, two, one. My number three is my favourite too. 
Yeah, it's I mean, my favourite too. Absolutely, I don't know if you remember this, Jamie, but when you guys did the the retrospective on Devour, and you 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 laid into two, and I was just like, I don't understand what you don't enjoy about this movie. It is a fucking shitload of fun. Everything about the movie is just it fun. It is not fun. It's yes, it stupid. Oh, no, it's not. It's fun. It's it's, it's <laughs> a fun fucking movie. And the remake, um, pretty much everything Alex just touches on is my main problems. The they chose a character, they chose an actor who is a really good actor and for some reason he dials in a really bland performance. They include a a sub kind of plot story running through of is he guilty or is he innocent, which I I don't like. I think it just muddies the water. I think it's like you don't give too much backstory on your your horror villains because when you do that, for I don't want to sympathise with these guys. I don't want to be thinking that Freddy Krueger might not be, you know, guilty and he might have been, you know, innocently burned. I want to... The thing that is most effective about that character is he's everything... He's everything that's wrong. He's every fucking nightmare that you can ever imagine. Capitalised in one guy whose his visual persona is is basically the, the visual elements of exactly how fucking nasty, the, you know, the actions he's carried out are. And that's what I really like about it. And I think when they started putting that and I was like, You're, I don't understand what we're doing here. Are you changing the story? Are you keeping it? I, I, I never understood that, the pointless CGI. I mean, even down oh. to that face coming out the wall, which is, that's one of the most iconic scenes in the original. If you're going to do, and I don't, I will argue with anyone that says it costs more to put up a plastic sheet and make someone's face come through it or do it CGI. It's just fucking no, I'm, I'm laziness. That is one thing I I will back up is that is that the fact that they used CGI for that scene was ridiculous. It was, and I yeah. have no I have no defense for that. I, I just and I don't like the color schemes in the film as well. It has that kind of platinum dunes esque sort of weird fucking greeny brownie vibe, which kind of runs right through that entire movie. I I don't like the color scheme about it. I just think as if you were going to reboot that whole franchise and you were going to start again, I don't understand how that is the best movie you can come out to restart that. Um, right. I, I just felt it just felt to me as if someone that the the passion wasn't there to make that movie, and that's what come across no, on the screen. It is a fucking product. That is all <laughs> this is. A money making product. Slap a name. Let's have no soul on this movie. Let's have no, <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> but uh, it's just fucking soulless. Like uh, even even the original story gave the glove a meaning. Here, there's like no meaning. Cut up a, a girl's dress a little bit. I was like, give me a break. Like the backstory is just it's just on shaky ground, man. You know, uh, the, and and the cast. God damn, Nancy seemed like a secondary character who just somehow became the main person and like i was i've said this plenty of times i was way more into katie cassidy who played tina like there was a segment i said this before i would just literally take her segment and just keep that and watch that and that's the whole movie for me that's the only you know that's the only good part of the movie and 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 even you know it's just like unbelievable it's hollywood ran out of ideas and and but it's just like there's there's just still full of people who are willing to 
make a buck without the slightest clue as to what they're doing off of a name that is successful. And that's all this movie is. And, uh, Jamie, I, I'm glad you like it. I'm not even trying to convince you or anything like that. I'm just saying that this is terrible. Anyone who listened to the Devour episode about this knows that <laughs> I cannot be convinced. Right, exactly. <laughs> but, uh, uh, Jamie, I want to get down to the, the true core of you. You're willing – This admit it. The Skeleton Crew, this is where you could be yourself the most ever, right? Yeah, sure. I mean, I can do uh, – yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't feel – well, I never held. I never hold back. But um, yeah, but here there's a certain degree of honesty that is almost nowhere else because we talk about sexual and all that fucking stuff. Oh yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm allowed to let it all hang out here. Okay, now <laughs> I I want to really get to this with you. Are you sure that maybe you didn't just hate it as and you heard? Remember how I didn't like uh, Friday Three, and it's because everybody was saying, "Oh, this is when Jason became the this is the, when he became the iconic guy that everybody loves, and this is where he got his mask." And I had a lot of reasons that I began to dis, have a disdain for Friday Three, and they weren't exactly genuine, but they were drawn from other people's reactions more so. Do you wonder? You really don't think this is that great, but. There has to be someone in the world that does think it's good, and you didn't think it was as bad as people were saying, so you're almost sticking to your guns unnecessarily and maybe going a little too far with how much you think it's good, and you really don't. Could that be possible? Nope. I knew um, she was going to say that. <laughs> no, I, no, it's not possible at all. I mean, there everything that I stand by with this film, I stand by to this day, and I find it – I like the fact that they took it as dark as they did. This is what I want from Freddie. I, I – the wisecracking Freddy of the the ass end of the Nightmare franchise was on my nerves, um, and I think trying to bring it back and make it dark is exactly what it needed. I liked the fact that they brought in the the creepy as hell sexual element that they were that was always there, but they would never say it before. And it's like, you know, what do we need? I think it makes it even scarier. I think it makes it him even worse. I think it makes him even more of the devil. I like the fact that they tried to give us that whole is he innocent, is he not thing in the middle. Because for me, when I have a, when I have a film in front of me that makes me start to question how I feel about the villain, and then I get even deeper involved emotionally, that right there is a film that's doing its job. You know, and I really did. The first time I watched this film... I questioned it. I was like, God damn, is he, you know, maybe, and it's, and it's not completely out of the realm of possibility that they would have gone that route because this is a completely new film. So we know from watching all the other nightmare films that, that Freddy is pure evil. So if you're going to do something, if you're going to do something different here, why not? Why not take that opportunity to maybe make you wonder about the character that you're so intimately know, that you know that he is nothing but the devil incarnate for all these years you've known that and now they're placing this bit in front of you that makes you question that i think that's exactly what they needed to do and i love the fact that they did it as far as micro naps are concerned that shit's real and that's that and the fact that they brought it in it's not technically called micro naps that is a word that they made up but the but physiologically that does happen and it is a concern and the what they're basically driving home is that he will get you. You have to go to sleep. Your body will betray you eventually because it's either that or you die. And that's exactly what happens. So you can try your best to stay awake as long as you want, but eventually your body's going to turn against you because it has to do so to survive. I like the fact that they brought that in. I mean, there really is nothing about this film apart from 
the CGI, which I totally agree with. I have no defense for that. I hate them that they, I hate them for doing that. I do. But um, other than that, as far as the story elements are concerned, I liked it. And I agree with you about Katie Cassidy. I loved her in this film. I thought she was so hot. And then Nancy was so bland. Um, I was really upset when, when I mean, because in the very beginning of the film, like you're following Katie, it's Katie, 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 Katie. It's really awesome because you love her. And then all of a sudden she's gone. And then this person who was seemingly a secondary character is now now coming to the head. I like the fact that they did that because they got me invested in a character to the point where I actually gave a damn when she died. And that's something that horror films don't even try to do all the time. So. <laughs> psycho, psycho. So. Um, yeah, I mean, basically everything that you said, there's my counterpoint for it. It has always remained the same. You can actually go back and listen to The Devour Show and listen to how vehemently I defended it then. And I still agree with everything I said back then. So, no, it has nothing to do with me wanting to defend a film just because no one else does. You know me. I don't give a shit about that. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Not that barbaric. I'm just saying, you know, because... Because that would mean I was being barbaric by hating three because everybody loved it. No, there, there's layers to this. There's, there's reasons. There's, there's hidden. But I mean, every, every reason that I have for appreciating this film is a solid reason that I have for appreciating this film, and I stand by them. Okay. Well, um, I gave my points. Jamie gave hers. Duncan agreed with me. I don't want to monopolize this whole thing with this, but yeah. Uh, I'm honestly, Jamie. I, I I'm glad you like it. I mean, you know, somebody had a vision, and it clicked with them enough to make it and have passion. And uh, I, I guess there was passion in this. I guess you know, to to make it. And it's cool that somebody relates to it because I relate to fucking weird things too. But this just wasn't one of them. And I did give it another chance. Um, and I was disappointed that the second watch did nothing. It really did nothing to help. But uh, so that's that. So the verdict is two to one. This is one of the worst horror movies ever because Jamie <laughs> Jamie lost two to one. All right. So Duncan. So so far, this is the only one that somebody actually defended. All right, Duncan. So what is another pick of yours? Um, I don't. I cannot if remember. If one of you pulls out Texas Chainsaw, I'm walking off the show. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> it's funny you should mention that, but. Um, <laughs> Texas, no, um, this one, I can't remember if you like this one or not, Jamie, but, um, and this is completely within your wheelhouse, so I know that you've already done a retrospective on this as well. The Howling 2, Your Sister is a Werewolf. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what the actual fuck? Like, seriously, what the actual fuck? (laughs) Like, see see the Howling. I, I think the Howling is one of the best werewolf movies ever made. I think it is an absolute... Tour de force of special effects, interesting story, um, interesting characters, just a really, really, really good werewolf movie. Um, and then the second one comes out, and it's almost as if everything that happened in that first film, which made it so great, they just went, well, no, we can't do any of that. We just need to do the exact opposite. So, you... you <sighs> Oh man, this film irritates the fuck out of me. Um, right, so <laughs> that's why we're here. Yeah, so we we go from having this really really cool kind of like it's like set in modern times and everything's like you know even even though it's in the eighties and you're looking back at it now it's you know you can look at it from a slightly different angle it's a bit cheesy but um, 
you know, I, I quite like the fact that, you know, they took the werewolf story and put it, like, in a time that we could relate to as opposed to previous werewolf movies, which were all set back. Hey, 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 What? Well, no, I like those. We love the like werewolf those. 1941 here. Oh, I, I love Get out movie. of this dungeon! Get out of here! <laughs> Oh, no. Um, <laughs> I, no, I love that movie as well, but I like the fact that this one tries to do something a bit more modern with right, it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even to an extent, uh, American they, they Werewolf... They play the old movie in the fucking movie. Well, they do, that's it. I mean, that's testament to how much, you know, uh, um, what's his face, Joe Dante actually enjoyed the original. And I mean, there's there's the thing about American Werewolf in London is, whilst it's also set in a modern time, there's a particular feel in that because it's set in rural England and then eventually into London, which gives it a kind of strange, you're not quite sure what time period it's set in. Um, you don't get that with the Howling. The second one, they just kind of change that and they're just like that really cool story that we might have, that ending that we had, which was like quite cool at the end of the Howling. They just kind of don't decide to do anything with it. So you end up in a castle which I, I don't understand why we need to go back there. Um, I would have much rather just seen a continuation of the story, continue from the events of her declaring that she's a werewolf on camera. That's what I wanted to see. Um, the werewolf effects are nowhere near as good as they were in the original, <laughs> which baffles me because in a sequel, the special effects budget is supposed to be better. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? They're not supposed to get worse over time. They're supposed to get better. So... You, you, <laughs> I, I just I don't I don't get it. Um, it's and like they the whole. Did, they did continue with the whole. The, I mean, it was poorly done. Yes, but, it was very you know, poorly done. They continued with the with the newscast thing, and then they you know Reb Brown showed up as her brother. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking Reb Brown. I mean, yes. come on! It, every five minutes, every time he shoots a gun, ah, he has that classic Reb Brown scream. How can you not love that? that I, I can't I counter that with werewolf sex, Jamie. <laughs> Do we, is it, do, also do we need, awesome. Do we need werewolf sex on the screen? Yes, I would we argue. Do. I would argue we don't. Sybil Danning's tits is what I counter that with. I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. Like, if I'm if I'm walking <laughs> along the street, if I'm walking along the street and two dogs are humping, I don't stand and watch them. I keep walking <laughs> past. You know what I mean? I, 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 it's kind of the same with the werewolf thing. I don't understand that. Um, and then it's just like there's no like full kind of. Like we we all know through our movies, um, you, how you kill a werewolf. If memory serves, not not seen this movie in a while. Do they not try and kill the werewolf with a wooden stake? And do they not also try to use garlic? Yes. Yeah, and I mean, is that? I, I mean, they know what a werewolf is. They're not getting, apparently you know, not. apparently yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just I think when you go from how great that original movie is, and then this is the sequel. I just don't understand that. I really don't. It's probably the same way you feel about uh, Nightmare Two. You're like that. It's just stupid. Um, but I love it. I, I that's genuinely how I feel about the, this movie. Is I just think it's stupid. I think they take what's a really interesting concept and they just fuck it up. It's like that um, that first movie, a brilliant movie. Let's continue on from it, but let's just completely ruin everything about that first movie. But it gets worse and worse. Oh, I guess, yeah. That's the that is. I could have picked one of the other ones, but I thought I would pick something that was closer to the original. Yeah, basically the point where I see that Uh, entire franchise just becoming nonsense. Um, And that's the second one. Your sister is a werewolf. (laughs) It is not the worst, though. The worst film. I call your attention to Howling Seven: The Lion Dancing. What? I've never seen seven. I've never seen the seventh one. There are seven. 
And, and and for anyone who hasn't heard this, I did cover this. I covered the entire Howling franchise on Liken It, on the Howling Ween special episode, if you want to check that out. But um, <laughs> yeah. I love how every time we talk about a movie, I've got something to plug. Yeah, right? <laughs> oh, damn. But this is not the worst in the franchise, though. And I, you know, I, I, you're right with everything you said. But the, the thing that, that saves this film for me is... Um, and as much as I love the original, the original Howling is, in my opinion, the very best werewolf film ever made. Mm-hmm. Ever. And there is nothing wrong with this. <laughs> it is total perfection. Oh, I nothing hated wrong it. With I hated film. it. I know, hush. I watched nothing it wrong. and I gave it away to fucking Ryan Murphy. No. Oh, it's so sad. But um, this has. You know, I mean, everything you said is right. Every I can't argue that I can't, but it's just got this campiness to it that makes it fun for me to come back to. There's, there's can I ask you a question, Jimmy? Hmm? Right. What is what? What do you prefer? Do you prefer uh, Howling Two or American Werewolf in Paris? I prefer American Werewolf in Paris. Right. I'm not saying anything else because the American Werewolf in Paris is a bad movie. Um, and if you prefer that over the Howling Two, come on, Jimmy. Come on. No, I I just don't think it's one of the worst films ever made. I mean, it it made a lot of missteps, and it's really poorly done in a lot of ways. And they had yeah, some bad ideas, yeah. and they they didn't really have any clear ideas. Yeah. And you know, um, I, I so try, I'm not I, I, saying I, I, I it's a good was, movie. You know, well, I'm not even arguing with you. <laughs> what I tried to do because Alex said is obviously pick ones that people know. I didn't know there were seven. I'm fairly sure that there that most people didn't know there was seven. Um, so I, I tried to pick one that would I don't be... think the guy who made it knows there's seven. Because <laughs> let me tell you, the seventh one is bad. It is beyond bad. It's really <laughs> fucking bad. Yeah, I would have never guessed. Um, so yeah, that's that's yeah. why I picked it because I thought people know that there. People know Howling uh, Two. Everyone knows that, and that, that to me is. It's a bad movie. Sorry. It's <laughs> no. It's okay. It is okay because, like I said, I don't think it's a good movie. I really don't. But there are some campy redeeming values to it that I find enjoyable. But it's not something that I watch regularly because it's just not. It's not good. All right. So uh, Duncan ranted and raved. I, <laughs> I, I'm afraid, Duncan. I cannot be in your corner here. <laughs> a man who has seen, who has not seen the movie, has no say. So, Jamie, do you agree or not that this is one of the worst horror movies ever? Well, I'm no. I, it is bad. It is bad. I'll give him that. But it's harder for me to say it's one of the worst ever made. Should but. he have went with an obvious of that franchise instead of trying to stay so no, close? No, I mean, to if the- you're going to go with that franchise, that is the obvious choice. Okay, just based on what people are aware of. Right. So, okay, he's he's solid. So, Jamie, you have the next pick. So now we're down to, we have four, we listed four of the worst horror movies in the world. Now, Jamie, what is number five? A lot of people defend this movie because they say it's so bad that it's good. It's so bad that it's funny. It's an enjoyable watch. Just get drunk. You'll have a good time. Well, I'm here to tell you, I've seen this movie three times. (laughs) And not one of those times did I have a good time. Can we guess which one? Is it it the obvious? Uh, Well, Tim, probably. Troll 2. Oh no, that almost made my list, but no. no. Uh, hmm. What other movie can you say this about? Uh, huh, Duncan, you have any idea? What's the? I should, I should, I should know this because Jamie will have mentioned this before. I'm trying to think of a movie that you. <laughs> oh, wait, don't you dare say Evil Dead Two. No, no, no. Right, because I was a bit no. hung up. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's Birdemic. Oh, oh. yeah. Fuck that movie. Fuck that movie. Because, and let me tell you. 
the the problems with this movie are are just off the scale. Wait, real quick, Jamie, do you realize that you're not quote unquote getting it? Like, isn't this supposed to be bad though? Okay, no. Like Sharknado. No, when the guy no. made this film, he was attempting to make an a, like a real dramatic film. As a matter of fact, he doesn't even consider it a horror film. He calls it like a dramatic. I forget what he how he so calls it. So this is it, really serious. He's yeah, the he guy was started off with serious. the intention. Yeah, he's the, the had are serious fucking movie, and it just so happens that the guy can't direct a fucking movie, and that's it's just a product of no talent is what it is because he was <laughs> he was seriously trying. But there's everything from the fact that Tippi Hedren is given a credit based on the fact that she's on TV in a hotel room. (laughs) And that's the extent of her being in this film. Everywhere you look, there are signs and T-shirts for a website that they're trying to promote. Every five minutes out of their mouth comes the word global warming out of their mouth. They couldn't – they even in the film, they go to see an inconvenient truth. They could not be pushing their agenda any harder if they tattooed it on your forehead when you went to see the movie. I mean it's just – it's – and it's bad. The sound is bad. It's completely – the there is – so little continuity. There is so little actual plot going on. The effects are ridiculous. And the the lead character meets a girl who is a Victoria's Secret model. He just made a $10 million deal. And he's, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I'll pick you up and we'll go to dinner. And then suddenly they're at this, like, pumpkin festival. But it's supposed to be... July. I, 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 the the timing. The time is all off. Everything about this film is completely slipshod and bad. And the worst part is, is that this was supposed to be a serious film, and it's you know. And who in the fuck drives around with? armed to the gills in their minivan and then pulls over to the side of the road to shoot these birds that are such a menace that that ongoing traffic doesn't seem to even notice i mean like <laughs> these birds that are attacking everyone and shutting down the city you got people go driving by just you know chilling they're just, it's their regular day nothing's happening while these goons are over here firing off guns on the side of the road i mean it's it's Plus, they make some really bad decisions. They make some really nonsensical. We're being attacked by birds. Let's go eat outside. You know, let's go to the beach. There are no birds at the beach. Let's go to the woods. There are no birds in the woods. Let's go. I mean, nothing about and it. And it is not fun. This film is not fun to watch. You can, you, you can hear all this and think, oh, that would be so great to sit down and point out and laugh at it. No, because it's so incredibly boring and it's so incredibly stupid that there is nothing redeeming about this film. Nothing. It's bad. Wow. Well, there's no defense. I, I mean, it, as long as you're treating this as a legit film, then yeah, there's no, there's no, uh, you're, you know, uh, no contesting here. What about you, Duncan? I'm 100% with Jamie. I've heard this argument so many times. You know, this movie is so bad, it's, it's good. And um, I, I have said that phrase before in regards to movies, but... Which one, Duncan? Tell me. I'd like to know. Um, Do you believe Troll 2 is so bad, it's good? See, I didn't... I, I never There's understood. no excuse for vegetarian goblins in a movie yeah. called Troll. Yeah, but the thing is, it was never supposed to be called Troll. It was supposed to be called something completely different. I only got that name at the end. And the best thing that ever came out about that movie was the actual documentary 
which they uh, made, uh, yeah, which is which is fucking movie. brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant. As people try to recapture like the the fame that they never got in the first place, and the the, the irony in the situation is they all start off really interested in it and then they all see it going they see things picking up and there's interest in the movie and then by about you know the the fourth like or fifth stop on their tour they're all just over it yeah they're on that yeah they're all just over it yeah they, 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 and that's probably yeah I mean people the thing about Birdemic is I, what I've always been told is people respond really well to it like see when it, it gets like a if it gets shown in a theatre or something people and a group of people sit down and watch it there's a kind of cathartic laughter that goes around the whole place um, people laughing at how bad this movie is I've only ever seen this movie twice um, both times by myself and I didn't laugh at all at it all I sat there and thought to myself is why am I watching this and the second time why am I watching it again um, <laughs> yeah yeah, I've really, and it was I different. keep trying. I keep trying. I've done it three times. I'm thinking, you know what? It's not as surely. It's not as bad as I remember. Surely it's going to be entertaining because it's so bad. But it's not. It's just it. It kind of it overreaches the so bad that it goes beyond being bad. That it's so bad that it's entertaining. It just is bad. And it's loved. I can't stress that enough. People love this fucking movie. I mean, it has like it has. It's got cult status. I don't know how it has cult status. Um, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. And then they made a sequel to it. How can that get a sequel, but Behind the Mask can't get a sequel? Uh, yeah, That's right? Fucking, how can Sharknado 2 exist uh. and Behind the Mask 2 can't exist? What the fuck? I don't know. Well, how about this? Okay, let's throw um, non-horror pop culture so bad it's good uh, since we're staying popular here. The Room. Do you guys think that's so bad it's good? You're tearing me apart. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was such a rip-off. Do you know what that line is from? Mm, no. That's a line from an insanely famous movie called Rebel Without a Cause. Oh, yeah. oh my God, you're right. I never made that. Con- How did I not make that connection? <laughs> I've actually only seen the, I've actually only seen only seen the room once, and it was it was kind of hard to get through. <laughs> it was because again he was being serious, like he was actually trying to make a good movie. Yeah, if you want to see an amazing review on that movie. Go to theguywiththeglasses.com, Nostalgia Critic. I actually refer to Birdemic as the room of horror. That's what – that's – and I, I, I honestly put those two films together. And I think the first time I watched – well, I've only seen The Room once. But I think the first time I watched Birdemic, I watched it at the same time that I watched The Room, which is why I, I put them together. I don't know what I was doing to myself. I don't know what that was about. Apparently, I was on like a suicide mission or something. What are you going to do? Hang yourself in the same room that everybody cleans out? Jesus Christ. What the fuck's wrong with you? I mean, that would be the third funeral I went to this month if you did that. So, uh, that's two. We have no arguments. So, so far, Jamie only argued Nightmare on Elm Street, the remake. That's the only one that has not made the top worst movie list by everybody on the panel. <laughs> One I always said is absolutely going to make it. So, Duncan, get ready because you're coming up pretty soon because uh, there's not much to rant on. We kind of did it already. Uh, but just to make this official list, I have to do it. Otherwise, I'm a fucking hypocrite. Halloween 5 is one of <laughs> the worst horror movies ever made ever. And that was the first time I burped in a word. On the show. But that was when I feel like I'm fucking crank from Ninja Turtles or some shit. 
So <laughs> nobody knows that reference. But uh, yeah, Halloween Five. I mean. Jamie, should we really? Well, me and you did this already, Jamie, on show number eighty-eight. Everybody, listen to show number eighty-eight. How could you have missed <laughs> one of our biggest shows? Only an idiot wouldn't know that that would be one of our best shows and try to make us not do it. And show eighty-eight is Halloween versus Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Um, we pit Halloween movies against Friday the Thirteenth in order of how good they were compared to. Uh, you know, like, for example, the best would go against the best and the worst would go against the worst to find out who's the best overall franchise. So you got to listen to that show. And we ranted on Halloween 5 over and over. So, Duncan, I'd like to hear your thoughts instead. Halloween 5, you heard that show. Am I wrong about anything? Um, no, I don't like this movie. Um, I <laughs> Halloween is not one of my favorite horror franchises. I mean, I... I I, I I really yeah I really like the original movie. I think you'd be you, there'd be something wrong with you if you said that you're you know a lover of horror movies and you don't appreciate the first movie. Right. Um, I think the sequel is one of the strongest sequels that you you can get in terms of franchise placement. The third movie, and this is quite funny because on, when you posted that I was coming on your show and for people to get involved, um, someone posted that all ten of his choices would be the uh, season of the witch. Nick Maganello. Yeah, and um, up until a year and a half ago, I probably would have agreed with him. I, I remember seeing that movie when I was about ten or eleven, and I remember just being so incredibly pissed off that Michael Myers wasn't in it. I just like, like at that stage, I was just like, I don't understand why this movie exists. Where's Michael Myers? And um, I, I, that just stuck with me from like being a child. And um, uh, a friend of myself and Jamie, uh, a, a guy called uh, Roscoe, uh, that does the... Gildan the Roscoe! Yeah, and he... I'm not familiar yeah, he had he had posted uh, he had posted. You should do your Scottish impression. It's amazing, Jamie. Um, Gilman uh, Roscoe's bodacious podcast. Yeah, wait, till, Jamie, do your one. Good. Gilman Roscoe's bodacious horror podcast. I watched Halloween three and I absolutely hate it. It it wasn't very good, and the Michael Miles wasn't in it. That sounds like a fucking beetle or something. So basically, so basically, um, I think they'd posted something about worst uh, sequel in a franchise or something, and I I listed about three, and one of the three was Halloween Part Three, and um, he was like that. He's like, oh, you're so wrong about that movie. And I was like, no, I don't think I am. And he's like, when was the last time you saw it? I was like, fuck you know, about 20 years ago. Um, he's like, you need to go and revisit that. I checked out and absolutely fucking loved it. Yeah, Loved every second of that movie, right? And the thing that has always stuck with me about the Halloween franchise is why they just get, didn't just keep doing that. One-off stories um, set in and around Haddonfield just doing kind of creepy Halloween sort of stuff. I mean, because the story had finished. At the end of two, the Michael Myers story had come to a natural conclusion. By the time you come to four, and four's passable to an extent with me. Um, exactly. There's some elements in four that I quite like, some elements I don't like. Exactly. When five swings around, it's just like, they're just fucking, they're just like... Making it to make it. They're just riding a dead horse. It's just fucking awful and then that it just keeps getting worse and five to me is the uh, the point where i'm like that fuck this franchise i'm not you know what i mean as soon as soon as i saw that movie i lost any interest i have seen them all 
Some of them I went to see in the cinema. One of them maybe starred Buster Rhymes. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just, I, I don't like it. I don't like it. I think it is, I think you could easily argue the case that this one's the worst one out of the whole lot. So, yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. And I'll, by the way, let me second exactly what you guys just said. If you've not checked out Friday the 13th versus Halloween retrospective on the Skeleton Crew, then you need to check it out. Fucking brilliant listen. And it, it went exactly how I wanted it to go. So oh, you got yes. no ne- no negative feedback from me. So. Thanks, <laughs> brother. Cool. I agree with Duncan. The first three are super solid. You know how I feel about Halloween 2. I fucking love Halloween 2. Okay, and Halloween 3, well, that's just... Halloween 3 consistently beat out... It's the only one, and the original, were the only ones to beat out any of the franchise, any of the Friday films. Mm-hmm. And um, there's a reason for that. Once you get past three, four, I agree, is passable to an extent. Five is just straight downhill from there. I personally think six is the worst of the franchise. I fucking hate six. But five is the film where Michael takes a nap in a cabin by the river. So <laughs> I don't even get that. <laughs> so it's like I have no argument here, none. You have my complete support on your choice for this film. It's like Duncan said, this is the one. Halloween Four is um, I to me. I'm sorry, man. Nostalgia means a lot. Uh, I love Jamie Lloyd. I love fucking like the guy in the car, that old guy, whatever his name is, pastor or something. I love Loomis in that movie. There's a lot of things. I love the cop. Uh, whatever the fuck his name is. I don't know. I'm drunk. But, <laughs> like, I, I, I love a lot of those people. The, the mask was insanely bad. The, uh, the story kind of dragged around the part where Jamie was lost in the middle of nowhere in Haddonfield. Just really went nowhere. Uh, uh, Michael wasn't Michael. Michael doesn't walk on roofs. He doesn't do a lot of shit that happened in that movie. But... There's a definite thing in nostalgia. I think that's what Duncan's saying. There's, it's passable. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, and the ending is amazing. So when you get to Halloween 5, that's, you know, even Mustafa Akkad literally was apologizing for that movie <laughs> on, on the Halloween, uh, what's that called? 25 Years of Terror? Yeah. 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 He apologized. He said, I'm sorry. <laughs> we, we just rushed it out. <laughs> I mean, who's going to argue with me here? Just Jason Lloyd. No one else. <laughs> it's just its just crazy. He's the only one. I don't think anybody's defending this fucking... I don't think we have to go on here. So we can just move on now to Duncan. <laughs> right, this one, this one is no surprise at all to anyone who has existed for the last 15 years. I've been here. Um, <laughs> this, uh, this is also a remake. Um, there's this movie... That came out in the seventies in in the UK, right? It was made in the UK, and it it was phenomenal, right? It's it's not. I mean, the director himself said it wasn't a horror movie. Some people could argue it's. I some know sort what of, you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> some people would argue that it's some sort of weird musical, um, and I could maybe see where they're coming from. It has one of the truly most iconic endings to a horror movie of absolutely all time, and that movie was The Wicker Man, right? It was fucking <laughs> absolutely amazing. So, at some point, someone decided that it would be a great idea to revisit that. And they recast the role of uh, Edward Woodward, who's fucking phenomenal in the original Wicker Man, and they give it to Nick Nicholas Cage. Nicholas Cage, baby! 
Yep, Nicholas Cage. Which, His hair is you know, word. <laughs> and um, the they set it on a remote island um, <laughs> on the coast of America because America has shitloads of them. Um, <laughs> You know what I mean? That's like, you know, like Scotland wasn't good enough. Was yeah, I mean, but we have we have about a million mini islands around our country. There aren't many around America. Uh, we, we call we call those mini islands around America countries. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so, um, so yeah, right. So that's the first thing that happens, right? And then the they they put them on the island, the island that has no cell connection at all we can't use his mobile phone however at the beginning of the movie he manages to find that the island has a website right <laughs> so i don't know who's main i don't know who's maintaining that website but it's clearly no maintained on the island um mm. so right so they change things around the original movie um is all to do with um not i was going to say a cult it's not it's a religious sect basically of of people that um, kind of follow the kind of pagan lifestyle and all the rest. No, we change that. What we get is this weird fucking island of like dominant women, which you know is really strange. And all the, the any of the men that are on the island at all are almost emasculated, and it's it's strange. And the the, the whole thing to do with the harvest is changed to do with bees, which apparently <laughs> Nicholas Cage, Nicholas, <laughs> not the bees. Um, Nicholas Cage doesn't like bees. Um, I don't think anyone really likes bees. Um, Mark Wahlberg does. Did you see the happening? (laughs) He's devastated about the bees. (laughs) Not the bees! Um, So, um, the the whole kind of aspect of the original film is there's a quirky surrealism to do with the the kind of naked dances and the the kind of the oh, the right the yeah that that they do on the island um that's gone in the remake and you get this really kind of oh my god you get a, a sequence where Nicolas Cage um, commandeers a bike off someone you know madam I'm a police officer step away from the bike um, <laughs> he drop kicks a woman through a wall I mean because that's a thing um, there's one sequence that's a thing there's, to there's, do. One, there's, there's one sequence where he basically runs from room to room just punching out women like like ah, running a room punch a woman turn around drop kick a woman it's just fucking ridiculous and then what they do is they basically they they have that iconic Wicker Man sequence at the end, and what sells the original movie is that you'd when you finally when you see Edward Woodward come over the hill, and the Wicker Man stands like on the hill in front of him, and the realization sinks in with him and, and the audience exactly the same time that he's going to be burned alive. That is something truly fucking horrific, and this movie. I saw this. They do the same sequence, pretty much. Couldn't give a fuck. Burn Nicholas Cage. Literally, how I feel about that movie. It is. It's just. It's just horrendous. It's. It's absolutely fucking horrendous. And I. I don't understand what anyone thought they could bring to that story at all. It fails on every single level. So yeah, Wicker Man remake. Fuck that movie. It's fucking awful. Oh, the bees. The bees! <laughs> the bees! Uh, this is another review you could, uh, funny review, full review you could watch on uh, the Nostalgia Critic, godtheglass.com. He, he did, uh, so, Duncan, if you, if you really hate this movie. Oh, I'm, I'm checking that out. I'm going to check that out for sure. Uh, Jamie, what do you think? 
Oh, I I have to agree. That almost made my list. Um, as much as as much love as I have for the original film, and there is a lot of it, um, th- this was uh, managed to capture absolutely none of <laughs> what was good about it, <laughs> and it completely missed the point. It, mm-hmm. I mean, it just dove off into it, it's like we're heading straight forward for it we're getting in a car we're driving straight for the point of this film and then it just veers off and drives off the bridge and so yeah it's it's bad and that's in the first like the opening titles i mean like they, <laughs> they never they the never really beats. had it yeah they never recover from the opening titles <laughs> oh man it's honestly yeah i just my God, I remember I, w- I went to see that movie in the cinema, right? And I love The Wicker Man. The Wicker Man's like, you know, it's probably in my top 10 horror movies of all time. Um, I, th- I think it's just like an absolute masterclass and fucking really weird, surreal cinema. Um, and then I-, I-, I can't remember what made me think I actually thought the movie was going to be good. I think I- the-, the director's name escapes me, but I remember the director had done quite interesting films before. His name is like, Tommy Wiseau. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, I don't know. And then I, I went to see that movie, and oh my god, I was about maybe ten minutes into it, and then the penny dropped that this this was going to be an, ex- an experience that I'd, I'd, I didn't want to remember. And and the, no matter how much alcohol I drink, um, <laughs> it's, it's still not managed to kill the brain cells that fucking retain that memory. <laughs> that movie. Darling, you're Scottish. That does not work for you. It does when I'm immune. When I'm immune. <laughs> yeah, you are it's immune. Not, it's, it's, it's not stop me trying. We gotta though. bang your head into a wall. <laughs> you need like another level. <laughs> that fucking shit won't do shit. Yeah, man. It's like yeah, you gotta remove. That's what it is. You have to remove certain brain cells to enjoy a movie sometimes, and that fucking yeah. there's not enough in your head to get rid of. But yeah, I, no argument from me. Jamie is on the same boat. Well thought out little tidbits that go on in the first film that are just it's constructed beautifully mm. and in the remake of this they completely just came at it with a sledgehammer and missed the whole fucking point they had no <laughs> idea what they were doing and not a clue not yeah. a clue well there you go it's three zero this is one of the worst horror movies ever made we'll be right back you're no saint you got a free cab you got a free room and someone who'll listen to your boring stories. I mean, didn't you, didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking, eventually I started reading the vomit bag? Didn't that give you some sort of clue? Like, hey, maybe this guy's not enjoying it? You know, everything is not an anecdote. You have to discriminate. You choose things that are, that are funny or, or mildly amusing or interesting. You're a miracle. Your stories have none of that. They're not even amusing accidentally. Honey, I'd, li- I'd like you to meet Del Griffith. He's got some amusing anecdotes for you. Oh, and here's a gun so you can blow your brains out. You'll thank me for it. <sighs> I-, I-, I could tolerate any-, any insurance seminar. For days, I could sit there and listen to them go on and on with a big smile on my face. They'd say, how can you stand it? And I'd say, because I've been with Del Griffith. I can take anything. You know what they'd say? They'd say... I know what you mean. The shower curtain ring guy. Whoa. It's, it's like going on a date with a chatty Kathy doll. I expect you to have a little string on your chest, you know, that I pull out and have to snap back. Except I wouldn't pull it out and snap it back. You would. Ah, 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 ah. 
And by the way, you know, when you're, when you're telling these little stories, here's a good idea. Have a point. It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. Ah, ha, 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 Uh, wait, guys, I have breaking news. We have our first listener who got a Skeleton Crew tattoo. <gasps> what? Really? That is fucking awesome. Who? Who got a Skeleton Crew oh tattoo? Oh, my God. Jody Oster. <gasps> Jody! Jordy. His name is Jordy. Oh, right. <laughs> Jesus. Get it removed, Jordy. <laughs> it's not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> now, I just wanted to add him to those names. So we're forgetting the it? R on your name and Jody, we're going to call you. Uh, it, well, one of them is a banana with laser shooting out of its eyes, and the other one is a skull with TSC on the bottom. That's cool as fuck. It's cool as fuck. Yay! That's awesome. There's no bottom jaw to the skull. Wow. That's awesome. Can you imagine this? You're the only only podcast I know, and I listen to a fucking shitload of podcasts. You're the only podcast that I know, other than Banana Laser, obviously, because you mentioned that as well just now. Only podcast I know that has one of the listeners uh, getting a tattoo of that podcast on them. That's cool as fuck. Holy shit. Gee, I feel like guilty for leaving now. Well, we're going to wrap it up in seven shows. We hope you're... Okay, so we'll see... Enjoy that tattoo for the next seven shows. <laughs> no, that's awesome. That really warms the cockles. Jordy, thank you very much. And we we're glad we got to get this out live. Uh, so now the show is dated, of course. Yes, we recorded on August 14th. But, uh... Yeah, that's just this segment, though. All the rest was brand new. Did he post it? Oh, yeah, he posted it. I want to see. Okay. Oh, my God. Thanks, bro, man. I mean, I can't believe that. Now he's stuck with it for life. That's awesome. Unbelievable. What's he going to do when he's 60 years old and he looks down at his foot, which he'll probably never do? Wait, what is this on? I'm trying to find... What the fuck is this on? It doesn't look like a human foot. No, I think that's on the side of his thumb. Is it on his thumb? Oh, possibly? he's big toe. Is it on his big toe? Sore. We are on his left big toe. <laughs> That's cool as fuck. Holy shit. Pay up, Wazelle. 30 minutes old, still healing, but you'll get the picture. And he posted this four... Oh, four hours ago. Jesus Christ. <laughs> what the fuck was I doing all day? So it's four hours and 30 minutes ago, he was sitting in a chair and got the skeleton crew tattooed into his foot unbelievable I love it love it thank you my hat's off to you brother my hat's off to you the skeleton crew encourages you to talk to your kids about masturbation but not while they're doing it
Louise. Jeez Louise. Scott? Oh, can I come in? Ah, uh, no, Dad. Ah, uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm doing something in here. Probably long overdue. Uh, an explanation? Jesus Christ, Dad, an explanation? Look at me. Look at you. It's not as bad as it looks. Wait a minute, wait a minute, Dad. Uh, you mean you knew about this? You knew about this and you didn't tell me? I was hoping I wouldn't have to. Sometimes it skips a generation. Uh, I was hoping it would pass you by. Well, Dad, it didn't pass me by. It landed on my face. What the hell am I going to do? Scott, we really need to talk about this. Forget it, Dad. I don't want to talk. Go away. Oh, yeah. Dropping fucking loads all over your fucking faces. Yeah. Eat that cup. Oh, fuck. So it's Jamie, your turn again. And what is the fifth worst horror movie of all time? Okay, um, <laughs> this one, good God. All right, this comes from a director who pretends that he makes horror films, but really he makes softcore porn films. And he, actually, Ooh, I like it already. he actually does make softcore porn films under various different names. I don't know why he doesn't just get go that way all the time because that's clearly what he wants to do but this film is sorority house massacre 2 <laughs> yeah, this is coming <laughs> which was made by jim winorski and this isn't even a horror film like there is nothing slashery about it everything horror you got plenty of tits you got five sets of tits in a row because he's basically ticking off the boxes going okay now you now you now you now you he just makes it so you get all the tits but every kill takes place off screen. 
There is, I mean, there except for the end, you get a little bit. But for the most part, this is there's nothing on screen. There's nothing horrific. There's nothing. He doesn't even really try. This is basically just a way to show some tits. But the most egregious thing about this film is that he, who is one of the most misogynistic directors out there, has the nerve to pull scenes from Slumber Party Massacre, a completely different (laughs) franchise. He he pulls scenes from Slumber Party Massacre to insert them into Sorority House Massacre 2 as if they were part of the past of what's going on in this film. And the problem with that is that is that Slumber Party Massacre is one of the best slashers out there, and it also has a very feminist slant, which is beautifully done. It's it's an amazing film. And he had the nerve to take footage from this film and stick it into his film, which is nothing but tripe. And the, he was able to do that because of uh, they were both produced by Roger Corman. No big surprise there. Once you <laughs> watch this film, it won't surprise you at all that Roger Corman had his hand in it. It's It's got nothing. It's even, and honestly, even the tits aren't good. You know, these are not women that I'm going to be begging. And I'm not, you know, I'm not, I don't think that, you know, you need to judge women based solely on looks or anything like that. But if you're going to be in a film where that's all there is, then make it good. And there are actually, there's a scene that takes place in a strip club with some of the worst strippers you've ever seen in your life. Uh, They give strippers a bad name. I love strippers. I think there's nothing wrong with that. But these women aren't, they have no idea what they're doing. They have, you've never, never you've clearly never been in a Scottish strip club. And it's true, but uh, it's it's bad. It's not entertaining. All the tits can't even save it, and there is uh, the worst part about it. Apart from the fact that they pulled from an, an amazing slasher, is that there is no slasher in this slasher. There's no slashing. It's just bad. No, there's actually like a throat slit and stuff, but you don't see it. It's like you just you get some spray on a wall that looks as if they squirted it out of a ketchup bottle. And like a you know a squeeze bottle, you get it's it's not convincing. They don't even try. There is no horror element. It just doesn't exist. And he is fooling everyone by pretending that he's actually attempting to make a horror film. Shame on you, Jim Wynorski. Shame <laughs> on you. <laughs> exactly, Duncan. Do you have any objection? Uh, no, because I checked at this movie after you guys reviewed it recently on Devour um, and yeah it's pretty much everything that Jamie says is, is a, a completely pointless exercise in putting tits on the screen um, <laughs> that's, that's really that's really it I mean that's uh, I mean I suppose the internet wasn't around when this movie came out uh, so it's uh, one so this is a 14 year old boy's dream yes well then for that reason alone I respect this movie, and I will go against the two of you, and it will be a two-to-one decision. <laughs> because I was a 14-year-old boy once, and yes, I kids, I grew up in the age where you watch scrambled porn, and that was my I life. I too, and that was better than this. Well, I did it. <laughs> I remember, man, I was so happy. I was like, is that a nipple or an elbow? <laughs> I, I was very happy to see something. And, uh, <laughs> yes... <laughs> This, if this, if that's true, then I completely condone this movie. She is wrong. <laughs> Duncan's wrong. Uh, for a 1980s child, this is an excellent movie. It's so it's two to one. Go watch this movie and then you tell me. <laughs> it sucks. I think I really did see it, but I forgot. It sucks. <laughs> but uh, whatever, fine. So that's the fifth worst. Who's up now? Me. Yes. 
my uh, pick, third pick, or yeah, third pick, I guess, is Psycho, the remake of Psycho. We covered Psycho remake. We did uh, the Skeleton Crew, you know, the show you're listening to right now. We did Psycho versus Psycho on show. If you num- don't remember what that show is, check Jordy's toe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Jordy's toe toe will let you know which show you're listening to. Skeleton Crew number 17, Psycho 1960 versus Psycho 1998. We addressed Psycho the remake and got very into it, but we're going to touch on it now with a couple new perspectives, which is Duncan and Jamie, who were not there. Uh, yeah. So Psycho 1998 is a remake of the original, and back then... Now, guys, this is a normal thing. I'm going to say no, but back then... Okay, let's face it. Remakes have been happening. Hammer movies obviously remade Frankenstein and Dracula and all that type of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Vanilla Skies is a remake. You know, re- remakes are not new. You know, it only took over the horror world after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. But mm-hmm. it was going on well before that. Duncan mentioned it on his uh, second to last show. House on Haunted Hill is, is a remake. Yep. 13 Ghosts, and that stuff was early 2000, even into the 90s. I think House Haunted Hill was 99, 99 right? It was 99, yeah. 1999, yeah. Yeah, so there you go. So this is nothing new. But back then it was. So my question is, was it the general consensus that if you remake a movie, you just shoot the same exact movie? No. No. <laughs> so this is completely unique. Yes. Yeah, because, I mean, movies, I mean, like, when you did your Cronenberg retrospective, you discussed The Fly. The Fly is a remake, and The Fly is a completely different movie than the original Fly. This is, like, there's a couple of things here, right? One, Gus Van Sant directing it, who likes to think of himself as quite arty. Let's put it that way. And sometimes that works, and sometimes it doesn't. I never understood the reason for doing a shot-for-shot remake cycle other than the fact that someone could have a coloured version of it. So you'd have your everything short in colour. That is the only justification I ever thought someone would ever, you know, do a shot-for-shot remake on this one. But, as you discussed, Alex, on your show, it's not entirely a shot-for-shot remake because they insert a particular sequence which Mm. is really fucking uncomfortable and shouldn't be there. And really unnecessary. We all know what boys do when they look at women through holes. We get it. We're grown-ups. We understand. He's whipping his pud. We know. We don't have to show it to us. <laughs> now, Jamie, it's beyond that. It's beyond that, Jamie. What? Not only is it we do not have to watch this, but number two, it makes no sense. Yeah. Uh, the, the mythos of Norman Bates is that exactly. when he gets these urges for women, mother takes over. Right. And that's when he And mother's not going to be giving him a handjob. Exactly. So it makes zero sense to even jerk off. So it is just a moron. There's no – nothing really turning – no wheels are really turning in his head to to generate anything uh, worthwhile. So that's why he would do something shot for shot. And then the the one time he does decide to use his, uh, you know, pin pin brain, pinhead brain (laughs) – is uh, he inserts something that clearly does not understand the fucking character. He's a moron. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it couldn't. De- if you wanted, like, oh, I want proof this guy is an idiot, just watch the movie and look what he added to it. He doesn't know anything about Norman Bates. Nothing. 
And I always looked at it as he knows everyone knows damn well you cannot out Hitchcock Hitchcock. There's yes. no point oh, in trying. Yeah, there's no So point. the only way to remake a Hitchcock film is to do exactly what he did because he did it perfectly the first time. Well, then mm-hmm. it is it renders it completely pointless. Mm-hmm. Because there is no need. If it, it, Hitchcock did everything Hitchcock needed to do, he understood the fucking character. He got it right. And uh, this guy comes along and, and like you said, inserted something that has no bearing on the character whatsoever. It pretty much flies in the face of everything that that propels this character. And all, that, the, all the actors as well, all the actors in this movie are Fucking dialing it in big time. I mean, you, you, you have you have William H Macy, who is an actor I genuinely love. I think he he's he tends to be tends to be one of the highlights of you know if his name's attached to a movie, I'll check it out because I know he will bring a particular style, a particular oddball uh, oddball style to the movie, which I will appreciate regardless if the movie's shit or not. He is so fucking bland in this movie; it is unbelievable. Oh my god! I was going to say you've got Vince Vaughn as well. Now Vince Vaughn's coming off. Um, Vince, this is Vince Vaughn in the nineties when he was like not doing just generic shite comedies. This is like when he was actually like a good actor. You're talking like Swingers, you know that sort of level of things. You know that around that era, he comes in and when he, when I heard that he was cast, I was like, that's quite interesting. I think that could be quite interesting. Look, because he's not he's not the the clean cut poster boy that Anthony Perkins was. You know what I mean? He's there's a there's something a wee bit edgy about him. You know, in terms of how he looks, in terms of how he acts, and Once he again, comes on, missing the point. Yeah, he comes on screen, and I'm just like, and that's the point. He's he's an edgy looking character, and they try and play him as the boy next door, and it doesn't fucking work. It and doesn't Anne work. Hesh is no Janet Lee. Definitely not. <laughs> Definitely not. Go munch a carpet, you bitch. <laughs> it's just like, it's unbelievable. And even, I love how you brought up William H. Macy, because when we had Rob G. on the show, he actually defended William H. Macy's performance and and said, like, that that was one of the good parts. I'm sorry. When you have Arbogast, Arbogast. Arbogast. <laughs> when you have Arbogast, the original guy, and I did know his name at one point. It was... I don't remember. He was so menacing. Just the look of his face, the way he stared deadpan into the camera, the way he stepped on Norman's lines. Everything about him, you felt like you were in the hot seat every fucking second. And as... You know, you are supposed to, at the point Janet Lee dies, and then that car does not go down right away, and it seems like it's going to stick out of the, the swamp, You're that's when the audience turns to Norman's point of view, and you're like, oh, God, go down, go down, go down, come on, come on, come on. And then all of a sudden it goes down, and you feel relieved. Now you're in Norman's shoes at that point. Now, when you're in his shoes, and this fucking guy shows up, it's like, oh, fuck, I'm on the hot seat. Oh, God, say the right answer, say the right answer. And, and like, you live that shit with Norman. In, with this guy, there's nothing menacing at all. There's nothing imposing. He's not going to fuck my life up. And, and that's how you felt when Arbogast originally was there. You felt, this guy's going to fuck my life up. God damn it. Don't fuck up, please, mm-hmm. when you're answering these questions. You know? And this guy did not convey that at all, William H. Macy. 
Mm-hmm. He just dialed that shit in. It's bullshit. It was worse than the skit me and Dave did. Yeah, I just think it's... And, I mean, much respect to Rob G. Um, you know, the guy is almost like a walking encyclopedia for for uh, the Cycle franchise and, you know, everything that's associated with that. But, yeah, I just don't see how anyone can defend that, that acting role. I just think everyone in this movie genuinely... And I don't know if I'm quoting something that you guys said on your show, but I've once heard this said about this movie and I totally agree with it. Um, it almost feels like the actors have shown up without knowing what their lines are and someone has a giant card with the lines in the back behind the <laughs> camera and they're just reading them off the card. Honestly, it's that sort of... Every single actor has this kind of vague look of, you know, it's almost as if they, they've just suddenly realised that they've left their back door unlocked. Um, you know, the pennies... <laughs> Yeah, they, they all just look. It's honestly, it's just a really strange. And the thing about Psycho is, and I mean, you can't you can't oversell that movie enough. That is probably one of the finest horror movies ever fucking made. And then you get that, and this is this is what we're saying before. Someone decides, oh, I'm going to remake this movie. Well, if you're going to remake it, bring something new to the table, and they do a shot-for-shot remake, which isn't a (laughs) shot-for-shot, and then they put actors that shouldn't be in it, and it's just an uncomfortable mess. I I said a a long time ago I wanted to die without watching this movie. I really did. I was hoping to die and say I never watched the remake. But these guys dragged me into it. I watched the remake. Whew! Never again. Terrible movie. Jamie... Do you have any opposing thoughts? Oh, hell no. (laughs) Is there anything you want to elaborate on or disagree with? Nope. You got it. All (laughs) righty. That is Psycho 98. That is one of my picks. I think that's the sixth movie we picked. So now we're down to the top four worst horror movies of all time. I believe we are back to Duncan. Right. Yeah. So, um... I'm going. To, I'm going to go with one which is slightly controversial because I think this movie is maybe two thirds of a really good movie, and the last third is something that actually physically made me shout out in the cinema when I saw it. Um, wow. So yeah, it takes oh. a, well, it doesn't take a lot for me to shout. But um, I went to see this movie called The Last Exorcism. Right. Oh. <laughs> So it's a yeah, it's a film footage film, and um, the premise of this movie was sold. Uh, I think it was Eli Roth was involved with this on some level, maybe a producer or something on it. And um, I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, "This is genuinely creepy as fuck." This is exactly the sort of movie I want to see. It's got possession in it. It looks like it, you know, it's going back to the kind of the roots of the exorcist. (laughs) It looks like it has all these things going on in it, right? Really? Yeah. I went to see this movie and I sat and I was kind of liking the idea that the main character is a fake, a fraud, and, you know, he's going to prove that he's a fraud. And, of course, in classic horror fashion, when anyone wants to do that, um, that's when the real fucking thing's going to happen, the real McCoy. So you get this scenario of he basically goes out and finds that the person he is actually out to look into is actually possessed. But there's a particular moment in this movie, and I remember it, I remember it clear as day, sitting in the cinema with my wife and um, they're in a room and there's a lot of hand-drawn kind of paintings on the wall and the camera pans round and you see one and it's a giant bonfire and what looks like a fire demon 
And I turned around to my wife and I said, if this movie ends up with a lot of people running and screaming in the woods with a fucking fire demon, I'm going to be absolutely fucking... <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lose it. And my wife was like, no, I'm sure it's not going to. I was like, I'm telling you, if that's how this movie ends, and this movie ends with people running around with the woods, and as soon as I saw that fire demon, I, and I shit you not, in the middle of the summer, went, oh, fuck off. Like that loud, like really loud. Everyone <laughs> stared at me. I was just like, oh, fuck this shit. Honestly, and I went into a rant, basically, in the cinema. This movie is almost almost a competent horror movie except for the fact that it, it basically shits the bed in the last 15 minutes and gives you an ending which is completely nonsensical unsatisfying and just not very well thought out it's a lazy ending the rest of the movie works to build up suspense whoa whoa whoa, whoa. Oh. dude are you serious well i think the rest of the movie actually works quite well i think <laughs> when you when, yeah i think i think there's a lot in <laughs> are you serious yeah I think the rest of the movie when I saw this movie um, I thought that the story was quite clever I thought a lot of what happened in the movie like because you don't at first it's played off that you don't actually know that the girl is possessed it could just be her family saying that she is and then her family don't want you there which kind of increases things and then there's an idea that potential the child's being mistreated and that's what quite fascinated me it's not she's a, she's possessed right at the beginning like you would get in a paranormal activity oh well this house is haunted um and then let's let's spend time watching how this house is haunted the fact about the movie that worked for me was the fact that it subtly built up this is she isn't she what's going on is it the family is it her um or even you know could, could she just be mentally ill all these sort of things it builds up to a certain point and then the movie almost feels like instead of giving you an answer, they have to make it so ridiculous and so over the top or you won't buy it. And that to me is just nonsense. I, I think when the movie's working at its best, it's not with jump scares or anything like that. It's the very powerful story about a guy who is a fraud, who is basically, you know, trying to prove that he is a fraud and he's coming across a scenario where there is a girl who's trapped in a house and you don't know if there's something wrong with her or there's something wrong with the family. And that, to me, is... That's an interesting fucking story. Give me a full movie of that. They don't do that. They fucking... They cop out in the last 15 minutes and feel the need to give you a really watered-down Blair Witch ending. And it annoys the fuck out of me. Wow. I have to watch this again because all I remember... I, dude, I remember watching... Well, I remember the uh, the night... <clears throat> watching this movie and I remember I was at a party afterwards. Mm-hmm. I forgot what the party was for. And all I remember was I belonged to a horror podcast at the time. 2011. You know, I talked about a rabbit red and all that. So I remember I couldn't wait to get on that show and review this movie. And uh, I was on a cell phone in the middle of the street and that's how we did it back then. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I remember just ranting about this and saying, maybe I just saw it from a very simplistic like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what I was doing at the time. But I saw it in the theater, and all I can remember is the disappointing shit. Like, I've said this about two times on the show already. Like, you hear all this crazy noise, and you go upstairs, and you expect some fucking amazing, shocking moment. Mm-hmm. And all you see is a girl sitting on top of a fucking shelf. <laughs> and then, like, and that's it. Yeah. That's it. That's, that's all there is. And then the next time something big's supposed to happen, it's like you sat through this whole thing, and then... The next big scene, she's in a barn, 
and leaning backwards in an awkward way and 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 talking in the <laughs> language or something. It's like what the fuck? Like, dude, that's what I said earlier on the show. It's it's thirty years later or or, or more or whatever. Like, I kind of forgot what the other one was made, but all. All you got it. All you got is a girl on a shelf and and someone talking, bent over. Like what the fuck can, is? This I can thing? completely understand that because uh, I mean the way it was advertised was something different from what the film ended up being. I mean the the, the, the uh, advertisement for it, the, the whole trailer, um, is a series of very quick, quickly put together, intense scenes of a girl being possessed. That the assumption would be that they would get right into that quite early in the movie. That, to me, is not the interesting aspect about the story, though. The interesting aspect about the story is all the subtle... It's all the subtlety in that movie, and it's... uh, That's why I... And I think that's probably why I reacted so fucking angrily to the end, is that, to me, the movie has all these really quiet nuances which you don't get in found footage movies. I mean, it takes the time to really kind of almost like play out I mean there's a certain degree sympathy for this girl which you generally don't get when you watch found footage movies and like I say the, the questions that you know what what's happened what's happening behind closed doors what is actually wrong with this girl all these sort of things and that was really fascinating to me and I was totally I was totally dragged in and I, I wanted to know and then the movie for whatever reason it just felt the need to to really just do what every other found footage movie does. And I'm like, no, you had me. You had me in my seat. You had me engrossed with a story which was quite interesting, something I've not seen before. And then you just go with the generic ending. Um, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't advocate going back to watch the film because, like I say, the last 20 minutes is just fucking upsetting. But... Um, I mean, if you if you check it, if you ever do get a chance to check it again, and you just if you if you instead of looking at it from the point of view of the people filming it, look at it from the point of view of the people in the house and the girl, um, and the first two thirds of that movie, yeah, there's some creepy things happening and all the rest, but there's this this kind of underlying story of, you know, is everything as it's supposed to be or you know as because the family are quite weird in it as well because one of them's like oh yeah she's she's possessed and then the brother's like no don't come anywhere near this house don't like don't act up on it because that's what my parents want and that's what i really liked about it um but because that ending upset me that much it dragged everything that that movie built up that ending shatters and it what you get at the end of it is a fucking awful movie Wow. Well, I I agree, but I guess we have different reasons. I saw it from a different point of view, different time, <laughs> uh, different circumstance. I don't honestly don't remember really too much. All I remember is hating it and <laughs> the reason, yeah. like some of the bigger points of why I don't. You know, obviously you have a much better, uh, but you still hated it. Oh yeah, that, that, that all goodwill that that movie had was destroyed in the end. All right, good. Well, then I'm not. Then I'm never. See, I'm never wrong yet. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> All right, Jamie, how do you feel about uh do you agree, disagree? Um, I pretty much agree with everything that Duncan said. They I loved Cotton in this Cotton film. Weary? No. <laughs> <laughs> the the preacher in this film. I the fraud. I loved his performance. I loved the beginning of this film where he's going through and he's talking about he's he's doing the little looks at the camera like when he starts talking like when he's okay when he is in church and he's giving his grandmother's banana oh, bread oh, recipe amazing and then he sort of gives that sideways glance to the camera like see what I mean like I can say whatever I want I can talk about nothing and these people are here they're on my and that is brilliant 
It's amazing. He his performance is so outstanding. I and I love this guy. I love the actor. I love the character. I love everything about it. Leave Schreiber's that great too. And then, no, and then <laughs> actually do like Leave Schreiber, but anyway. And then the end of this film is so completely disappointing compared with the compared with what we got. Uh, in the first two thirds of this film, that it just goes completely downhill, and it makes me very unhappy. But it made all the more worse by the fact that I loved what came before as much yeah. as I did, and I was completely invested. So the second I watched this in the theater, and I was just like blah 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 when I walked out. Okay, well then <laughs> when I watched it again, I watched it at home, and I wa- I'm like, God, why did I hate this movie so much? As I'm watching it. Why did I hate this movie? This so this is so good. Like this per, this performance is amazing. This guy is phenomenal. I love this guy. And then we got to the end, and I was like, Oh yeah, that's why. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> <laughs> so no, uh, I can't. I can't disagree. All right, there you have it. So we are we are rounding it down now, guys. So Jamie. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be Jamie, me, and then Duncan's going to have the last one. Uh, I'm sorry if you guys have a lot more. It's just that I, I thought just we would have two more. Okay, good. I thought we would double up. Um, well, Duncan, you actually took one of his. So, do you have? So that's good. How many do you have, Duncan? Uh, I have officially. I have one left now. Okay. So yes, Okay. All right. Well, oh, and that makes this hard for me then because you have to pick one, right? I have to pick one of these two, and it's we'll give, we'll give an honorable mention and then do and do it. Okay. All right. Well, then my honorable mention is Jerry Viteta is going to be so upset. He's going to shit <laughs> when I when I talk about this. Oh, movie. don't upset Jerry. I'm sorry, Jerry. I'm sorry, but Murder Set Pieces is not a good film. <laughs> Murder uh, Set Pieces. I'm lost, Jamie. What is this? Um. Murder Set Pieces is a film – I don't even fucking know. Man. It, it, it centers around this guy who is a Nazi solely so that – that means solely because Nazi equals bad guy. That's basically like what – see? This guy's a bad guy. It's Nazi. All right. He's a killer. There's some really horrible – there's nothing. There's nothing to – I mean <laughs> – it is so hard. It was so boring. It was so hard for me to get through this because there's nothing going on except some really bad scenes and purple fucking blood. I hate purple blood. <laughs> I hate it. And well, so, you know, blood's blue actually when it's the, inside the right, and then when it hits the air, it turns out yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> what? Give me crayon bright red Italian blood any day. Oh God! No, give me Dawn of the Dead blood. Give me Argento. Give me pieces, blood. I love the blood in pieces. I love, you know, give it to me. I take it. I love it. I eat it. Okay. Uh, Dawn of the Dead blood is the worst. Stop it. Give me, I love me some melted crayons. Give me purple blood. I will throw you out the window. It is, it is so bad. Is it really and purple? Pieces, it's, yeah, it's like, it's, it's like magenta. It's like, it's really, it's really not realistic at all. And this is, um, I think this is a toe tag pictures who oh, else no. and um it's just there's just nothing to it i mean it's just one scene after another with some everything covered in blood and some brutal like torture supposedly but it's not really believable it's not really disturbing it's not really scary there's nothing there's absolutely no emotional response that it garners from me in any way imaginable and it is 
a it was a total waste of my my time. I feel now there are people who enjoy it. One of them being Jerry, and we actually had this discussion when I watched this film. We got into a discussion on my Facebook page, and I know that he does. And I, you know, that's great. But I just find nothing worthwhile about this film because there is absolutely no – there's nothing holding it together. There's no real strong story or plot. It's just things. It's just stuff. And uh, Jamie, you realize I'm meeting Jerry on August 15th, right? Right. Well, then don't, don't let him – don't let him hit you <laughs> because I said this. Well, that's my honorable mention though. That the, but to me, rounding it out – Again, Jerry, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh oh. Wait. Aww. So you're telling me your top three pick is is another Jerry favorite. That my this is my number one is this this is my I this oh God, I hate this movie so much. And this is I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jerry. But August Underground Mortem. That's the second installment in the August Underground series. And I'll give you a reason why I gave the second one as being the worst film ever. I actually am willing to give them a pass for the reasons behind making the original August Underground as much as I as much as many problems as I have with it. I understand what he's saying when he's like, I want to make it as realistic as possible and I want, you know, and if someone is actually tied to a chair for four days, they're going to use the bathroom. They're going to, you know, all of these horrible things are gonna happen. That makes it realistic. Okay, yeah, I get that. And I personally think that it would have been a more effective film if it was about 15 minutes long. That's enough to get the point across. You don't have to drag us through 90-plus minutes of watching serial killers with their home movies, which, again, is just really boring. I mean, like, it just – it doesn't engage me. It doesn't – disturb me it doesn't make me cringe it doesn't it doesn't do any of that it doesn't elicit any of the responses that he's attempting to to elicit all it elicits from me is boredom so but even then with the first one i'm willing to give you that because you're trying to make a point and i'm like okay you made your point i get it you get a pass but then when you take that and you decide we're going to make two more we're going to turn this into a trilogy and then so you get into the second one, which is called More Dumb, or as I like to call it, More Dumb. Um, <laughs> it's just more of the same with nothing redeeming. There's nothing interesting about these characters. So There's it's, nothing- like scro- it's like Chrome Skull 2 then. <laughs> There's nothing entertaining. There's nothing disturbing. There's nothing – there's nothing – like there – it's – there's not even a message. There's really just there's. I can't look at this film and say yes, this needed to be made. This is how bad this series is. When we cover this on Devour, Bo opted out. Like he wouldn't even do this retrospective after the first one. He's like, I'm done, and he opted to watch an asylum film as punishment instead of continuing through the series. David and I continued. We watched the second one, and then we both bailed on the third one because we just didn't want to do it anymore. And it's not like it's so hardcore that I can't take it. It's so incredibly boring. And Jerry that, loves these? Yeah, he does. And um, and he appreciates the realism that they're trying to go for, and I understand that. But it's just there's no plot. There's no story. There's no real character. These are just random vid- – and the idea behind them is that it's – you know, you find this videotape and you don't know what's on it. So you play it and it turns out that it's home movies – of these people who are actual serial killers and they're doing all these horrific things to people and that's the idea. However, after about 
10 minutes or so, it's just like, okay, I get it. And then I find myself fast forwarding through it, waiting to see for something else, something interesting to happen. And nothing interesting really happens. It's just vile, but not even so vile that it, that it can get under my skin. It's just there. I don't know. Wow. Baz agrees with me. (laughs) It does indeed. That was that was delivered just as well as if it was delivered by Lionel Hutz for a case. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I don't know what to say. I admit I have not seen this. Duncan, have you seen this? I saw the first August Underground movie, and it is the worst horror movie I've ever seen. So I'm, if Jamie's saying the second one is even worse than that, then uh, yeah, because it exists. Yeah. I mean, there really is no need for it. It's no, you made your point with the first one and it was really fucking terrible. So you made your point with that. Why do you need, why do you feel the need to continue? That right there makes this worse than the first one. Okay. There you go. There you have it. You have two votes. I, I abstain. So there you go. It is one of the worst horror movies ever made. I wouldn't, I, think I have a problem with the popular part though. I don't think anybody even knows what this is, but. Well, I mean, it's true that it's a it's sort of like a cult thing, and and um, but they do have a following, and, and a lot of people are familiar. Um, okay, but. I'm just a commercial loser who knows the big four. No, I was kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, Harbit is like the worst, man. I I post shit on there all the time. I try to open these people up to other horror movies. These guys, man, you post shit about Freddy, Michael, Jason, Leatherface. That shit gets. 27,000 views and 321 comments. You post something about anything else, it gets 742 views and two comments. It's just unbelievable. Nobody cares about anything besides the fucking cartoon shit. But whatever. What are you going to do? So, uh, all right. So I'm, I'm, I'm next and we're giving our number one pick to our guest, Duncan McLeish from you can listen to him at podcast under the stairs and you have a couple other projects going on right uh yeah I do Duncan and Bo come correct which is uh fortnightly Jamie fortnightly <laughs> podcast fortnightly. <laughs> um, so every two weeks uh, myself and Bo Ransdell we select a movie for each other which we think well which we know the other one hasn't seen but we think is an incredibly strong recommend and then we both watch the films and then we decide at the end who gave the better suggestion. So of that's, the worst movie? Oh, no, of the best one. But we oh, will the best be, one. Oh, okay. We will be doing a worst of series coming up, but um, which has been a lot of fun because it's not genre specific, so we can basically pick... We've had everything from like buddy cop movies through to kind of serious dramas and all the rest. So it's a lot of fun. I'm also a co-host on the Midnight Horror Show, which is a live internet radio show stroke podcast um, and it it goes live every Wednesday night at um, 7 Eastern Standard. Yeah, the Midnight Horror Show um, is one of the I think it's one of the oldest horror podcasts um, it was originally formed about 7 years ago and the original run of the show lasted 3 years and then they took a couple of years off and then they returned um, kind of not 
doing the format that they left on and then they changed it all around again and they've kind of transferred it over to like live radio like internet radio so um, and it's a lot of fun it, it allows me to be incredibly silly um, on their show and just have a laugh and the, the, well we, there's a we're upfront and honest it is a horror show but there's really only maybe about a quarter of the show where horror gets discussed the rest of it is a lot of drunk ramblings and a lot of nonsense but you can listen to that um, 7 seven Eastern Standard Time which is actually midnight in the UK so I'm the only one that can say that you know I'm on the Midnight Horror Show at midnight um, every Wednesday night on allradiox.com so yeah a couple of different things on the go Podcast Under the Stairs is still my still my baby though. it's your baby so it's, yeah it's the one that's it's the one I started with it's the one that Jamie named Aww. Yes, yeah, yeah. She gave, you gave her a, a, a list of horror movies <laughs> yeah. that pertain to podcasts, and yeah. she picked that one. <laughs> well, like we said, it's better than. Uh, let's do a couple more jokes here. Um, <laughs> let's see, it's better than Sleepaway Podcast. <laughs> it's better than Podcast the Thirteenth. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, Texas Podcast Massacre? (laughs) (laughs) Which is interesting because his first promo for the show was a takeoff from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Massacre. intro. Yeah. Okay. It's it's better than Lost Podcast. Lost Boys. (laughs) Yeah, I actually got that. I did, I was like I was like lost. That's a television show. Lost right? podcast. Uh, what the fuck? <laughs> I was gonna say Exercast, but that actually is the name of a podcast. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yo, man, Lost is the greatest. Lost is amazing. Uh, you gotta watch the finale. No. Cast <laughs> a ween. Oh god, a ween. Cast a ween. And it's also better than the Skeleton Crew. <laughs> It is a better name. If everybody ever wonders how do you came up with this, I'm talking like I'm drunk. Why is that? Because you're drunk. If anybody wonders how you came up with the name, the skeleton crew. I told this story before. We were, you know, the the idea for the show was okay. So let's do a show. So I said we should have a logo, and I said, what should the picture be? I'm really into '80s stuff, so the first thing I thought about was Creep Show. And I thought of that like uh, ghoul guy, that the skeleton type guy with the the rags on him and stuff. And then then I, I thought of like skeletons, I guess. And then um, I said, well, it's a podcast, so how about three skeletons in a dungeon on with uh, at a table with microphones, like, and everything's all fucked up, like it's all shitty and raggedy looking, and you know whatever. And then and then Mike goes, yeah. That would be that'd be cool, and you, we can call it like the Skeleton Crew. And I was like, "Yeah, okay." And that's it. <laughs> so that, that's how that happened. Pretty simple. It just happened just like that. Just the 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 idea of the 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 logo, and then he just came up with the name. So that's how we got that. I know it was amazingly interesting. <laughs> My pick is gonna be Cabin in the Woods. 2000, I you're think. You're insane. You are insane. I, you, you're, you have lost your No, you're your trolling mind. me. You're trolling me. Unfortunately, he's not. <laughs> no, I'm not. You never heard our review, dude? Uh, tr- I've had every single show. I've obviously... I've obviously that was so traumatic that my my brain has my brain has locked that away somewhere. And, 
Oh, so for some that, reason, you're, that your traitor brain. Yeah, I was about to say, yeah, my brain, my, <laughs> not the Wicker Man remake for some reason. <laughs> you don't like Cabin in the Woods, dude. That is has to be one of the worst letdowns. Oh, God, that hurts my feelings so bad. ever so bad. Ever. Um, it's insanely bad. Upon second watch, it's insanely bad. And I I mentioned this one time on the show. I went to watch it a second time. It hopped on Netflix about. Uh, let's just say six months ago, probably more. It was on Netflix. I gave, you know, that, and that's, here's the thing about this movie that really disappoints me. I thought it would be so much better the second time because the first time I felt like I was spending so much of my brain power trying to figure this shit out. And like, uh, like I had a hundred scenarios. Oh, is this, uh, I was thinking a lot of different things while the movie was going on. And then Matt came up with a great idea. Matt from Banana Laser said that we should have seen everything transpire with the kids and then rewind and then watch it all take place with everyone running the controls. Uh, and of, of course, in a cut manner, you wouldn't see every little thing, you know, so it would work and it would pace well. And that would have been a much better movie. And I, I believe that's true. And, uh, you know, it was just like the characters. Yes, I understand what you're doing. You're going for the the typical cliche, like the pothead. But that was such an unbelievably lame character. And, you know, I understand what you're doing, but it just didn't work still. The voice, hey, man, hey, so are we going to smoke more weed, dude? Because I can get higher. Like, what the fuck are we watching? The kills weren't even that great. Like, I think one guy threw a bear trap at somebody, and that was, like, the fucking only memorable thing. The, and, and out of all the monsters on the planet, and you clearly had a smorgasbord to choose from, you fucking pick zombies, dude? Like, come on. Talk about, oh, we got our finger on the pulse of America. Fucking Walking Dead is going on right now, and blah, blah, blah. And the zombie craze is back. Fucking Warm Bodies is here. You know, so let's... Let's do, you know, I don't, I'm sure Worms Zombies or Bodies was after this, but whatever. I'm just saying, you know, that was the craze, obviously. So let's go with zombies because that's, that's, that's a great idea. And uh, the big monster rally at the end that everybody fucking like brags about, to me, man, it wasn't even that great. Most of the monsters they had killing people like in masses. It wasn't even like individual kills where you could like cherish every kill and think it was great. And even the solo kills that they did have weren't that great. Even the one like the the merman, the one they pointed out, because the guy mentioned a merman earlier. So, oh, what a fucking coincidence. Like, that, I don't even remember how the guy died. I don't even remember. I just remember it was a merman killed him. Like, it's it's not that memorable. And I remember a lot of shit like that. Um, and, like, when when you really wonder, like, where, where the fuck? What are we at this point now? Like, a guy's walking through the woods. He says he's going to do one thing and fucking spray hits him in the face like a gas spray. And he goes and he decides that makes him decide to choose some other option, which is more typical and cliche to horror movies. Like, I just was like, whoa. And then you get to the ending. And that was just the explanation. Just brilliant. And the two people <laughs> sitting there, I just couldn't believe what I was watching. It's fucking 
brilliant. That is one Jamie, of the most. Jamie, come on, stop fucking with me. No, it's Lovecraft. God damn it, it's so Lovecraftian. It's so brilliant. It's so perfectly put together. It's just I, I. Oh, the only thing, I, the only thing I, I wish that was different, and it's is that I wish the hand at the end hadn't been as humanoid. I wish that it had been like a claw or something. Not a tentacle, which is what you totally expect when you're watching the film. Like, right. yeah, I fully expected it to be a tentacle because of uh, because of the Lovecraft thing. But I wish it had been just like a, something a little more clawish and not just like a hand. But that is a very minor, minor complaint and one that does not mar the film at all for me. I am so giddy every time I watch that movie. I can't even... Are you I serious? Can't. Yes, yeah, I'm seen, fucking I've, serious. I've seen this movie about. I saw it twice in the cinema, and I've seen it easily ten times since it came out. What? I think, yeah, I think it's an absolutely phenomenal I've movie. Seen it I about think six all the times. things. I think all the things that you, you're pointing out, and I can completely see what you're pointing them out. Like, or, like you you mentioned the zombies, for example, and you're saying, "Oh, zombies are like original because it's on the telly." That's the point that zombies are picked at. The, the the filmmaker is making a statement that everything is oversaturated by zombies. That's why zombies are chosen. The the over exaggerated characters, the stereotypes, the jock, the the pothead, and all the rest. That's him making a statement on the fact that all the horror movies have these characters and the characters have become so over-exaggerated through time that that's basically what they are. I mean, watch Freddy versus Jason. Look at the two potheads in that movie. You know what I mean? That's No, that's, I know. No, I, I understand, but it still doesn't work for that yeah, reason. Yeah, it's, it's deliberately done that way. Um, I know. The whole point of that movie is uh, it's almost like a satirical look through what people have been doing in horror movies as a way to... Almost like how Scream did the same thing with, with kind of 80s slasher movies. It kind of resets the button oh, and says, yeah, of course. you really shouldn't do this. And that's what Cabin in the Woods is set to do. I think it does it really well. Yeah, there's kind of quirky comic book elements in there. I mean, that's Josh Whedon's trademark. I mean, if you grew up watching Buffy, then if you enjoy Buffy, you'll enjoy Cabin in the Woods. There's no way you wouldn't because they're it, it's so similar in, in a lot of respects. Um... I, I, I love that fucking movie. I think it was like, <laughs> it was like my second favourite movie that year when it came out. I genuinely oh think God. it's, I, 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 is it the most scary, it's not an effective scary movie at all. Yeah, uh, exactly. What about that part? There's no scares. Well, no, I but I, I, yeah. that wasn't what it was. Yeah, 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 I don't think it was, I don't think Well, how is it horror then? Because it's because horror it, in that. Every yeah. single trope of horror is is represented. But that doesn't mean yeah. it's horror. In that film. Yeah, it does. Okay, is fucking is the Leslie Nielsen movie horror because it has fucking tropes in it? <laughs> no, it's not horror. No, this is not a horror. Movie. I, I, I know, I know, I know what you're saying there. I would say there's enough violence in the movie, and there is enough um, horror characters in the movie, or emulated versions of of horror characters that I would say you could move on. I look at it as like a horror comedy, to be honest with you. I'll, I'll laugh at some of those bits, especially the sequences which you cut away and you're in the the bunker with the, the, the guys who are having their competition and all the rest. That, that to me is, yeah, that's the sense of humour of the movie, which you get once again with Josh Whedon movies. Um, I think you could... The, the, the issue I had with this movie, I think, is the same issue that I had with a film like You're Next um, last year, which was that 
it's very difficult to advertise and market those films without giving away mega spoilers about them. Um, so people see trailers for that movie. The, the trailers that played for that movie made it look like a slasher, and it's not a slasher. So if people went in expecting a slasher movie, they totally didn't get what they wanted. Um, with your next, that movie's trailer played like a home invasion movie. When you go there, home invasion is a tiny aspect to that movie. The rest is really like a kind of action revenge movie. So, I mean... I, I think the whole marketing campaign for Cabin in the Woods was put forward in such a way that people expected a movie that they didn't get. Um, but I'm fine with that because the movie I did get, I think, is more interesting than it sitting was just way watching. Better than what yeah, I was expecting yeah, yeah, it's, it's better than sitting watching a generic slasher movie. Sorry, yeah. sorry for disagreeing. Right, then. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. I have to disagree too. I think this is probably this. I described this film as a love letter to horror fans, and I think that's exactly oh, what Jamie. it was. Do you know what this is, Jamie? It's you know strummed in every chord. Yes, <laughs> Jamie. This is the last time that Duncan will be in the skeleton crew. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. Once somebody disagrees, they're fucking out. But, you know, I, I think that Duncan, you point about the zombies, and because I, I totally get what you're saying, Alex, and I agree with it too. With with all of those beautiful choices that you have for monsters, why the fuck are you saddling us with zombies when we yeah. were when we, all, when we have zombies all over the place? But I think that Duncan's point is, I love it when the one girl says, well, "Wait, I picked zombies," and he's like, "No, no, no, no." When he's like, "Hey, those are <laughs> zombies. These are redneck. Do, what is it? Inbred redneck." torture zombies you know yeah, i mean it's yeah, yeah. like it's like zombies are so all over the place we have multiple categories of yeah. zombies you know yeah, and exactly. so it's just cuz i i totally get that but i when i got to tell you when we're when the when the cells are opening up and the monsters are coming out or just when they're in the elevator and they keep stopping and stopping and uh, looking wasn't that great. and seeing different monsters <laughs> i was like a kid in a fucking candy store i was like oh my god there's Pinhead, or look, there's a, you know, I mean, it was just yeah, it, but they killed them in masses, and most of those generic monsters you don't even recognize. No, that's not true. There, were, I mean, you can spend, you can watch that film and send, and just pick out. Oh, look, there's the yeah. I don't, know, I can't think of anything good. Exactly, <laughs> I told you, it's so generic, you can't do that. The only one that remotely you could pick out is the pseudo Pinhead. No. What else is no. there? There's the. Well, okay, I'm done. Case closed. No, no, no. There's the like, Jersey Devil. There's I didn't say. <laughs> there's, there's the werewolf, which I was so happy. Okay, fine. A werewolf. Got his, got his biggest. Oh, which reminds me. Which reminds me. I was listening to your show today, Alex, and you and Dave were saying at the end of the show, has any has anyone ever made a movie about the Jersey Devil? And the answer to that is yes, and it is the last broadcast. Well, it is and it isn't. Um, it's the it's the found footage movie that came out. Yeah, the last broadcast. It's the found footage movie that came out like about six months before the Blair Witch Project. Yeah. Um, and it's like a it's a kind of full documentary, and it deals with the Pine Barns and the Jersey Devil. Is it good? It's excellent. I fucking love that movie. Um, I I don't know how well it's aged, but. When I saw that movie, I fucking absolutely loved it. And then Blair Witch came out, and obviously Blair Witch is like overshadowed. Like, oh, by by a million miles. But um, it's worth checking it if you get a chance. Last okay. broadcast. And just so to clarify, I was so drunk on that last show that I said it's easier 
to find Bigfoot than a good Bigfoot movie. What I meant to say was <laughs> it's easier to find. No, I think you said it right. You said it right this yeah. time. Yeah. I think I yeah, said no, it right you... this time, but I might have said it wrong. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have said it wrong last time. I would agree with that. There's very few movies that deal with anything remotely related to Bigfoot that actually work. That's good. Yeah, that actually Although work. you apparently liked Willow Creek, which I, I don't even get. I I, okay, right now, if you sit down and you watch Willow Creek and you experience the last half an hour of that movie with a pair of uh, 7.1 surround sound headphones at midnight sitting yourself, it'll scare the fucking shit out of you. <laughs> Dude, I don't know. We got 15 minutes sitting in a tent with two people. You're 15 which... minutes sitting in a tent and every the, the sound design in the background of that is fucking terrifying. Every, you hear, and the, it's the thing about it is it's everything that's, it's not the two characters. It's everything that's happening around the two characters. The camera's focusing directly on them, but the sound design is what sells that sequence. And unless, like Bo had said to I me. Know, but see, that didn't work for me in Blair Witch either. So... You know, oh, I, love, I love the Blair Witch project. So I actually just watched Blair Witch earlier this week because we're going to be talking about an evil episodes. And um, yeah, hey, it still doesn't work. I still don't, don't like it. You don't like the Blair Witch project? No. You know why I don't like Blair Witch? Is, uh, oh. Fucking Heather Donahue is the reason that I don't like Blair Witch. I am so – I don't like her. I don't – I mean her character. I don't know her personally. I don't <laughs> like her character and – all I want to do is kill her and leave her in the woods throughout the entire film. I was like, I just, oh my God. I, I, at school, I knew a couple of people that were very much like her and that's why, whilst I don't like her, I think she represents a believable character. Sure, she's believable. She's not a character I want to spend any time with. And so I really, and I really don't care what happens to her. So it's like, it, it just sours the whole thing for me. There are a couple of, of effective, moments or things that i like about it i really enjoy the first part of the film where they're talking to the townspeople yeah i really love that part and then in the middle i just want to chop all that out and then you get to the end and i think it's okay but um like from the point where she finds the teeth yeah and then i think it just sort of goes kind of balls to the wall after that and it's okay but the whole middle part is just it's just it's a tough sit it's a very tough sit for me but to me it sets up all the tropes that you get and all the I mean you've got to remember that was one of the first ones to do it so yeah and what the thing I really I'm sorry go ahead Sorry, I was going to say it sets up all the tropes you get in pretty much every found footage movie now, which is a lot of nothing really happening, people questioning things when really what they should be doing is putting down the camera and getting the fuck out of Dodge. Um, you well, know, it's even like they spend so much time on the map, and the, the the truth of the matter is, if you are lost in the fucking woods, mm-hmm. and if you've ever been lost in the woods, and I have, if you've ever been lost <laughs> in the woods, you'll know. A map is not going to do you any good if you don't know where you are. And so the the fact that they and I understand this like you know that's what that's the the thing that they had that was tying them to their you know their opportunity to get home and it was just mm-hmm. like you know yeah whatever I don't care. It was <laughs> the only thing I really 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 like about the film is the marketing that surrounded it. I think that yeah. was a brilliant marketing yeah. campaign. Uh, it had never been done before. That's why by yeah. anything before or since. It was incredible. Yeah. It was very but smart. The film itself, I just don't enjoy. However, what I would say is one thing that me and you will agree on right now is I know for a fact that me and you both think the second movie is pretty fucking good. 
I we, yeah, we also watched that too. We're not even talking about that one, but after we watched the first one, I was like, can we watch the second one? And Brian's like, because like, he likes it too. It's, it's one of the it. ones that would generally appear on the worst horror list, um, and I will I will fucking arm wrestle people. I <laughs> Too, I think it's a lot better than a lot of people it's think it is. Really, it's really smart. I mean, no people automatically hate that film, I think, because it's not the first one. Mm-hmm. But it's so smart because that the second film touches on mass hysteria in such mm-hmm. a beautiful way. And it's just one big mind fuck. Yep. And, um, and I think they do an amazing job. You know, because they even talk about um, they even have that whole sequence where uh, Tristan and her boyfriend are arguing because, you know, he's calling it mass hysteria. She's saying perception is reality when in in fact, I think they're both true. I mean, they're both. Yeah, yeah, they're both right. Yeah. And um, so in this film just plays those two things against each other. And you as the audience, you know, one minute the bridge is there. The next minute the bridge is not one minute. You know, but what's really happening? You know, Mm -hmm. we see. The goth chick go in, flick Peggy's name tag, yep. cuss at her, and walk out the door. But then what we see on the video is she's stabbing her to death with a nail file. Yeah. Well, what really happened? You know, yeah. we want to believe what really happened is what we saw. Yeah. But is that really what really happened? You know, yeah. I mean, it's it's oh my god, it is so underrated. I don't even understand it. I don't mm. understand it. But anyway, sorry. Ah. <laughs> sorry, Quick so <laughs> So okay, you're wrong about Cabin in the Woods. Um, <laughs> <laughs> We're still there. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, yeah, Cabin in the Woods. <laughs> I respect that. I respect that choice. I just don't get it. <laughs> I don't understand. It does not compute. Mm, sounds good. Well, I guess there's the one choice, which was my number one choice, and. It got two to one that it's not one of the worst. Do what you yes. say, Duncan. Round us out, baby. Well, I see. I had I had one picked, and then Jamie started talking. about Oh, it. I know it. Go. J- J- Jamie started talking about August Underground. So the one that I originally had was the Hitcher remake because I hate that movie. Fucking hate <laughs> it for all the same reasons. All the same reasons that I hate the Wicker Man movie is just it's a fucking pointless remake, and the things they change in it to try and take it in a different direction just completely undermine the film and I was going to choose that and then you mentioned August Underground Mordom and I was like uh, and then it suddenly reminded me that I watched a film this week which I consider as I'm going to put it out there right now and this one probably has a more high profile than your August Underground movie but a Serbian film I think a Serbian film is a fucking (laughs) shite movie it's absolutely a fucking waste a waste of time it's oh it's so shocking because you know there's a baby rape sequence in it and you know there's 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 you know there's pedophilia and all the rest and it's all put all that no 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 distance yourself from that just because because it's a movie so distance yourself from that and look at what the director said the director said that it is a, a statement it's an an allegory for the violence that happens in serbia for you know military forces who are still apparently torturing and raping and mutilating the bodies of um 
of basically their enemies or civilians or all the rest. And that's what it put forward. See, if you want to make a movie which basically examines how Serbia runs things, you make a documentary. You do not make a Serbian film. A Serbian film is a nasty piece of exploitation which serves no merit at all, not even on a special effects level, of any other way than to try and make some sort of weird violent pornography, which I, I would argue is not required. Um, I think the story is ropey at best. The only positive thing I would say about it is it's shot very well. That's the only positive thing I have to say about that movie. I think it's, and this is the second time I watched it, was this week to do Baz v Horror. And, um, oh, what are you doing to him over there? Well, no, but I, I, I said before I watched it, I was like, "That Baz will be fine with this because it's just gore," and but that doesn't that doesn't bother him. And he watched yeah, it. Yeah, 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 you're right. And the first thing he said to me was, "Oh, it's a vile little piece of cinema, but it's not it's not challenging. It's not scary." And I know some people. I know it upsets some people, and I know there's particular things in the movie that get under people's skin and all the rest and stick with them. Um, it just doesn't do that for me. I genuinely think it's a as it's a waste of time and it's a it is a pure exercise and nonsense as 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 done for no other reason than to try and shock and it, i think it fails on that level so yeah See, a serbian movie serbian film sorry i say the exact same things about human centipede i would agree with that human centipede would be right beside that movie i think it's exactly the same but, um however i actually like a serbian film i don't I don't find it – it doesn't disturb me. It doesn't creep me. It doesn't get under my skin. It doesn't – like the whole baby thing, that was so blown out of proportion. Um, as soon as anybody heard the one thing, they took that and ran with it, and it was completely just uh, you know, made out to be way much more than it was. I, I f- personally think that scene is one of the least effective scenes in the film. Oh, but, God, definitely. Um, but the reason that I enjoy it is – Really, the, the, the one thing you said was good about it. You said you thought it was shot really well. I think it's a beautiful film. I do. Yes. And there are some striking images in it that I just enjoy watching. And, you know, that might make me a, a, a sick fuck. I don't know. But there, there's – but I think it's really nice to look at. I, I just – I really like what was done with the camera work. I like the way it looks. I like the – you know, so all of the stuff that's actually going on aside – I enjoy watching it. Like I enjoy viewing this film because I think that it's it's beautifully made. Um, as far as the uh, like the intentions behind it, or or you know whether or not it's it, you know it delivers the shocks or whatever. No, I don't personally think that it does. Um, there are you know it ta- it takes very special things to shock me. It's like you know it's. I just like I don't I didn't find human centipede shocking. I found mm-hmm. human centipede very one note, you know. If a one minute old baby getting fucked doesn't shock you, then I wanna know what does. Like fucking evil dead blood squirting out of the wall. Like what shocks you? No, that doesn't shock me. Um, okay, the, what shocks you then? There is there is really one thing that is guaranteed to disturb me. And um uh, and that it doesn't even have to be in a horror film. And I don't know why. And I can't explain it, but um, and that is male on male rape, and I'm talking like prison movies, even Pulp Fiction. So homophobic. Um, no, I have no, <laughs> I have no problem with male sex. Whatever, it's not the actual act of it that bothers me. There's just it's the, the I don't I don't know the, the idea that the guy doesn't want to dick up his ass. 
Yeah, if, yeah. <laughs> but like you take the movie Bad Boys, um, the Sean Penn movie, the prison movie, um, Pulp Deliverance. Fiction. Deliverance. Deliverance. Yeah, exactly. Those films, dis- those scenes in those films disturb the fuck out of me. And I don't know, um, I don't know why, because I'm not a guy. You know, I mean, female rape doesn't bother me as much as male on male rape. Oh, does. scissor I, fucking you know, is very violent. Um, but no, I mean, male on female rape. <laughs> um, like I can, I have an easier time watching. Um, what? Oh, what's the? Uh, well, uh, I spit on your grave. Then mm-hmm. I do watching, watching three guys fuck a girl is normal to you. I didn't say it was normal. I said I have not an easier, shocking. I have an easier time watching that than I do watching. The Ned Beatty scene in Deliverance. It's just that just that, that disturbs me. But as far as the baby's concerned, it's not real. It's clearly fake. So, but so what, Jamie? It's a baby coming out of a girl right into a dick. Yeah. Well, if, it, if you if you want if you if, here's my point. If you want to make that movie, if you want to make that particular scene disturbing, like really disturbing, when the baby comes out, the camera pans away from the screen. And you just hear the actions. You don't see it. Because yeah, because seeing it drives home how unreal yeah, it is. Yeah, it, it does. It drives home how fake that, how poorly constructed that whole sequence is. And I'm not saying I want to see a really well-made baby rape scene. That's something <laughs> I... That's something Duncan, I, to- I think you yeah. want to sit down here and yeah. talk to us. That's <laughs> totally not what I want to see. But there's a reason that... There's a reason that, like to go to a, a movie that Alex loves and I know he loves. The, the reason that the, the shower scene in Cycle is so effective is the way that you never see the knife penetrate. It's just the way the camera cuts. And your mind fills the blank in. Your mind makes that scene a lot more violent than anything that's portrayed on screen, and that's what works. It's the same reason um, that scene in Reservoir Dogs is so fucking horrific where he cuts the guy's ear off. The camera pans away and you just hear him scream. And when it comes back round the ears off... And your mind makes it far more savage than probably what the action was. Um, and that's how it's like the the director of a Serbian film feels the need to put every single thing on the screen. And there's no degree of subtlety there at all. And um, what he doesn't understand is the, the, the makings of a good horror movie is subtlety. It's attention to detail. It's, it's making sure that you keep the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Great example. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, teaspoonful of blood. Anyone that saw that movie came out and thought it was a bloodbath, and it's not. It's it, it's all implied and it's all suggest it's all suggestive, um, and the, you as the person as the individual make it worse if you can't see it. Um, that sequence and th- on paper, Alex, I totally agree. On on paper, that scene should be the most horrific thing ever. It should be. It should be one of the most terrific actions ever in cinema, yeah. hands down. You see it played out in the screen, and it is so clearly, clearly fake that have, it just drags me right out every single time. I have time. a perfect example. I was watching a documentary um, a while back about a serial killer, and I, sadly, I cannot remember his name, and it's just because John Wayne Gacy. No, um, but they were interviewing his daughter, <coughs> and. His um, his daughter said – related a story that her father told her about when he killed a woman and her two-year-old child. Is it Pee Wee Gaskins? Yeah. There you go. See? There. Good job. It's not Pee Wee's Big Adventure? 
<laughs> well, it was an adventure, I guess. But anyway, um, and for some reason, and she's telling this story about when her father is telling her about when he killed this woman and her child. The child was two years old, and he told his daughter that he didn't know why, but for some reason, he felt like he needed to rape this child. And so, the, when this woman is telling this story that her father told her about him raping this two-year-old child, that bothered me so much and it still it sticks with me today and even when I even if I just stop and think about it for if something makes it cross my mind I get a whole body shiver and I'm just like you know um, and it is one of the most horrible things that I can picture in my mind and it's, it's truly truly horrible and disturbing now this particular scene in a Serbian film you know by all rights because it's a brand new baby I mean brand spanking new should be much worse but it's not because uh, because what was more horrific to me about it was the 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 her telling it and me being forced to imagine this in my head while I'm hearing this story. I mean, because you're not going to be able to not think about it when she's telling you the story. So I've got this whole scenario in my head, and it is bothering the fuck out of me, you know. But I don't see a thing. But then in this movie, when you see everything, it's just like. Eh. You know, because you know it's not real. It's not real. But the story that I heard is real, and that makes it that much worse. But in the film, it's not, and you know it, and it's clear. And so I think that it just sort of it drives out all uh, all chances of being effective. So, right. um, hmm. so there's that. <laughs> also, there was a woman in Britain that I read about a couple years ago who um, allowed her boyfriend to rape her six-month-old baby. Oh, I hate stuff like that. And yeah, that story, that, yeah. that story haunts me. It does. And it's just every time, every time for whatever reason I think about it, like right now, it really is a haunting, haunting thing. But it's because, like, just like Duncan said, I mean, it's in my head, you know. And, you bet to and, cry? And my, my imagination is, is making it um, much worse than someone having dude, a, was, a, a rubber baby it, on screen, you know. It was that dude from the, the, it was the, the former singer of The Lost Prophets. The band, the new metal band, who did it? Did what? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, raped the baby. Yeah. Yeah, he's in prison now. He's like locked away for like the next forty years. Um, and to be honest, I, I don't think he'll he'll never come out of prison. And if he does, he'll he'll be in a he'll boy get bag. Killed. Yeah. Oh, it's no, it's uh, it, it's what it's, there's a code in prison, you know. And oh yeah, yeah, yeah you kill people justice, like that. Like, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well. Here's the thing. It always amazed me that, like, a guy found a girl who mm-hmm. was willing to let him rape her six months. Like, like, what are the chances out of the billions of people on Earth that he actually found, like, a guy who's willing to fuck a yeah. six-month-old baby actually found a girl? Yeah, but it's, it's all it's all to do with the fact that he was a celebrity. The woman was uh, a junkie. Um, she was addicted to the same drugs that he was peddling um, at the time and what he was taking. And he'd been grooming her for months. You know, so they start off with innocent chat and he slowly starts incorporating slightly more deviant stuff into his, his text messages and then eventually persuaded her because she was like the, the biggest fan of the band to do something which is absolutely fucking heinous so wow. um, it's, it's horrible it's absolutely horrible but like baby Jamie says, scene in train spotting that gets me oh, too oh yeah that baby in train spotting holy crap what the baby spotted the train no <laughs> oh, I've never seen it 
You've never and seen not Korean even the sport. part where the baby's climbing on the ceiling, but the part where you discuss, you like, you realize that this woman has been so fucked up that her baby is dead. Dead, yeah. That's oh, my, horrible. oh my god! You just give a spoiler. Yeah, well, no, it's, no, it's, no, it's not much. It, not <laughs> really. It, Trainspotting's not a movie that you can really spoil. I could tell you everything that happens in that movie, and you would watch it, and it would still be just as effective as if yeah? you did know it. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really. Chainspotting's a really uncomfortable watch. Um, like, <laughs> really uncomfortable. This. You should, if you've never seen it, I'd, I recommend it. It's, um, it's, uh, it was written by a Scotsman, funnily enough, um, called Irvin Welsh, um, who has had another one of these books recently adapted. Uh, it came out called Filth with James McElvoy, um, which is a, a similar premise, actually. It's all to do with basically drug excess and alcohol excess but everyone in the movie is addicted to something so you have uh, a young Robert Carlyle who's addicted to um, violence um, you know will go out his way to start fights with people because that's just his nature but the people that are out of their face on drugs the really the ones that are like heavily addicted to drugs some of the sequences in that are absolutely horrific hmm. did anybody snort 90 milligrams of Percocet a night? no <laughs> <laughs> That movie to me, there's a classic example. That movie to me, Train Spotting is more effective than a Serbian film by a million miles. Oh, like, for, by sure. A, for sure. Has so much more to say and is far more terrifying than a Serbian film. And I a think Serbian Kids film. Kids is more disturbing than a I Serbian I would agree with film. that, yeah. I would agree. Kids is disturbing as shit. No, that guy, he was tapping tons of bitches. Oh. <laughs> that was awesome, man. God, that movie was horrible. <laughs> I mean, the movie's good, but it's, you know, it's just... Uh. As, as a kid, I always wanted to maintain my... Like, I wanted to be a nice kid, a clean kid, and to watch that movie Kids, I felt I was being part of a, a different thing society. I just wanted to wash my hands from it. I hated that movie. <laughs> well, it... Yeah, yeah I mean, it kind of makes you feel dirty and a little bit disgusting. Yeah, you know? yeah I hated it. Yeah. So... All right. So, well, so, so we're not. I think we're not accepting a Serbian film, then. Oh <laughs> no! I, you know, I, I totally get everything you're saying. I'm just saying I, um, and I don't, I don't think it's effective as far as being disturbing or anything. But I do think it's pretty to look at. So, right. you know. yeah, I don't think it's one of the worst horror movies ever made. So it's weird as we come down and, and really get to the, the passion of this. <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't agree with each other because I guess I guess that goes to show you that. Passion will always be outweighed with uh, general consensus. Yeah, I think I think the the ones we picked at the start are all all obvious ones. I think as you get closer to the bottom of the list, these are movies that you personally personal. don't like. Yeah, <laughs> and, and of course, when you start putting that level into things, <laughs> the, my experience of that movie is completely not the same experience as what Jamie had of that movie, and as a result, we can see each other's points but can't relate them. So. Yes. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, Nightmare on Elm Street Five is worse than this. So, so like, and, <laughs> you know, what I mean, so I can't even say no. This is not the worst. <laughs> like, it's not even in the top. <laughs> like, it's just crazy. Hellraiser Five, Six, Seven, and Eight are worse th- than this. So, no. I mean, you know, it, it, listen, it's hard making these lists. You, <laughs> you basically want to give your little fucking personal jabs in here. And shit like that. It's, it's all subjective, of course. Yeah, I mean, you, yeah, you can't help but make it for, for it to be. Exactly. And once you get to the end, and you get to the ones here, I just really want to say this one. 
Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard to get everybody to, to, to hop on board. But, hey. Hey, man. We all got it out. Uh, I hope you enjoyed, guys. Uh, we'll be right back to wrap up the show. This is Mr. Skin from MrSkin.com with all the skinfo from the latest movies. Nude in theaters, Eva Green is sinfully sexy in the Sin City sequel, A Dame to Kill For. Amongst a whole host of black and white hotties, Eva provides the best comic strip while bedding down Josh Brolin. This isn't Sin City, it's Skin City. This is the Mr. Skin Minute. Nude on DVD, a 55-year-old Sharon Stone dares to bear in Fading Gigolo. Sharon's far from fading, busting out her ageless pair and enjoying a threesome with Sofia Vergara and John Turturro. Fading Gigolo will give you a rising piccolo. Nude on Showtime, comedian Sarah Silverman loses the funny and brings the fun bags on Masters of Sex. This time, Sarah goes south on Annalie Ashford, then gets out of bed to give us a peek at her silver man. Sarah will make you stand up in your pants. MrSkin.com. Fast forwarding to the good parts. All right, guys. Well, this is the wrap-up of the 10 worst horror movies of all time. Uh, I think we got a good amount in there. Well, 10. But what I'm saying is I think we got – we spoke our minds. I mean, I didn't mention House 2. I didn't mention uh, Nightmare on Elm Street 5 or 6. I, I didn't mention Hellraiser five, six, seven, or eight. Nine or ten? <laughs> no, there's not ten. There's only nine. The ninth was without Doug Bradley, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Had okay. fat pen hair dinner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We didn't mention. Uh, we didn't mention the Wishmasters. We didn't mention the Phantasms. That are there any bad Phantasms? Um. um you- could argue that there's certain elements in Phantasm movies which maybe aren't great, but I don't. My personal opinion is there isn't a bad Phantasm movie. I agree. If that makes sense. I think the second one is lacking only because they replaced right. Uh, they replaced one of the the character and and that kind of ticked me off. But um, mm-hmm. really, overall, I enjoy the Phantasm series as a whole. I really enjoy the diversity that everyone brought to this, you know, because it wasn't, you know, just a bunch of slashers thrown out there. It wasn't just and it wasn't, you know, we actually got into discussions about films that we've never talked about on this show before. And, you know, I think that's awesome. I'm glad we did the nightmare stuff because we never talked because that was always your big thing that you're going to defend Nightmare on Elm Street remake to the death. And we always touched on it, but never actually really went for it. So. Unless we do a true review, I mean, I think we covered enough, right? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's it. Duncan, thanks so much, bud, for joining us. We're really, really happy to have you on. We uh, loved you on the Scream 4 show. Um, Love your show. Uh, Yeah, no, thank you very much for for having me back on your show. I've said it many, many, many times, and I never get sick of saying it. Skeleton Crew, you are one of the reasons that I took up the the kind of horror podcast and things you're an inspiration to everything i do you're an inspiration to many other people you get me through my working day whenever you release a show and um i will always be a lifelong fan thanks bro (laughs) it means the world to me that someone like you who you know the fact that you even say that we inspired you to do it and the fact that you're doing so well and you're having most important it's this is always about fun guys you know if if we can inspire that from somebody and then 
be such a positive impact on their life. That's that's the world to us, and it's far more payment than any monetary thing we could ever get. So thank you for even saying that and, and doing what you do. I reiterate all of that. <laughs> the rambling that went nowhere, you reiterate that. <laughs> I do. I, well, I, you said a lot. I agree with it. <laughs> and I love you, Duncan. I love you so much. Thank you for coming on. You know, you're one of my best friends, and yay. Aww. Makes me happy. Yay. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm so glad that a guy with a Freddy Krueger tattoo on his arm actually likes part two. That's awesome. Oh, t- but tell you, right? I, 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 I'm, I am over the moon that I'm actually on a show with someone that likes that movie. Everyone, I, there's, a, there's a, 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 you know what I think it is? There's an extreme case of homophobia in the, the podcast community <laughs> <laughs> towards that movie. I, think I love just- Robert Rustler. <laughs> yeah, I bet. <laughs> Well, Duncan, what do you think about – you heard the Mark Patton interview that we just released. Yeah. What do you think what Mark said? He says – he says, I'll tell you what What I think. I think people like to agree with a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Like if you see that everyone – you know, horror movies, man, they are what they are in the 80s and the 90s, early 90s. They are what they were and it was kind of your own opinion and you really didn't share it very much. Uh, unless you really had friends that are horror fans. And that's the amazing thing about podcasts and the internet, that you finally get to express these things and bounce off of other people and get ideas and, and have discussion. Now, what do you think about his idea that, you know, once everybody got online and they all saw, you know, I don't know who got the ball rolling, but this is gay and nobody likes part two. It broke too many rules. It's not good. Um, I never even thought of that that would be the, the, the case until I got on, online. And what do you think of his idea that people are pretty much, once they see that kind of ball rolling and has so much momentum, they tend to just jump on the ball because it's easier than getting run over by it. In a lot of respects, yeah. I think there's a lot of people that have conviction in their opinions and those that have conviction will not waver. Like Jamie has conviction in her opinion of the remake of Nightmare on Elm Street and she's been given pretty much every scenario um, put at her doorstep to waver and she will not waver on that one because she has conviction of what she believes I mean she's not just saying these things to be different or you know be an elitist or anything like that she's saying them because that's the experience she gets away from it and that's what she takes forward with it there are a lot of people that will very very happily jump on a bandwagon of opinion about things I mean uh, the, the the classic example of these things are I mean and I've been guilty of myself of a remake gets announced for a movie that's quite near and dear to your heart and before you know it you've you've already condemned it it's going to be shit it's going to be awful um it's going to be the worst thing absolutely that's ever been made at all and i mean it hasn't even been shot yet and i think the thing is that when people look back over things and maybe put forward they see people that are relatively undecided about whether they like a movie or they don't like a movie, if a particular case is put forward to them, which is compelling enough, they might start to side with that. My, my issue with, and I know that Nightmare 2 is a very cheesy movie. I understand, I completely understand that. Um, but there's, the, and I know it, it broke the mythology of the character and he's not supposed to exist in the real world. I understand all these elements. But when I watch that movie, I have a fucking blast watching it every single time. I think Freddy is incredibly mean in that movie. It's before he goes into his full-on one-liner delivering thing. He's probably his most sinister and most mean in that movie. Um, yeah, there are elements which you could maybe class as being homoerotic, but 
to be honest with you, I don't bother about that part of the movie. I, I, what, what I bother about is, you know, what they actually do in the movie. And I think they deliver... That sequence at the barbecue is absolutely fucking brilliant. And it has... <laughs> when Freddie's saying, you're all my children now, that yes. I, I get chills every time he says that. I, I mean, it's... I, I, I think it's those things that sell that movie for me. I would never argue that it's a greatly made competent movie because that's an argument you'll never win. Um, it's about what it makes you feel and I really enjoy that movie. Um, bells and whistles and all, I really enjoy it. Um, and I'm just glad that you do as well because everyone I speak to is like, really? The second one? No, the second one's really bad. And I'm like, it's, well, that's your opinion. <laughs> it's, it's not mine. Here's what shocks me, and maybe Jamie can answer this. Why do you guys jump to that one and just gloss over five, six? I don't gloss over it. Those movies suck. Those, okay. those movies are terrible. I, I I don't gloss over them at all, except for New Nightmare. I really enjoy New Nightmare. Four, five, and six suck. My problem with two is not it's not even so much as they you know they they broke the rules, which I you know I, I think that they did. However, you can argue that it's the second film in a franchise. Mm-hmm. There are no rules, you know, yep. and that's a totally valid argument. What bothers me about that film is that, to me, the beauty of Freddy, and I've actually said this before on this show when we were talking about underrated films. Yeah, and, that's right. Um, the, <laughs> the, the beauty of Freddy is that he is an ethereal creature who gets you in your sleep. He can get you mm-hmm. anywhere. He can't, you know, you cannot escape your dreams. Um, when you bring that into the real world, you know, it just comes, it just becomes a matter of locking your door. And I think that removes everything that's scary about what Freddy really is. So, uh, it's like, I can't keep you out of my dreams, but I can keep you out of my house. So that's mm-hmm. not really scary. So like, no, what- because he actually jumped through the glass and disappeared, then came out of the ground. <laughs> So you actually – you can't lock him out. <laughs> yeah, well, you have him like doing the whole possession thing and actually having a corporeal body. Then it's – it's. Uh, I just think that removes the very unique and terrifying element that exists within the character of Freddy. Makes him like anything else. What's wrong with exploring sleepwalking? Well, nothing except for – like uh, I said, the uh, – a guy, a guy like a physical guy, is not as menacing as someone who gets you. But it, it is when you're in the room with the guy, and all of a sudden he's possessed. Yeah, he's but that's a whole other that's a whole other movie, and that's really not that very different or unique. It's like anything else out there. No, what movies do you know? Your best friend sitting next to you, and all of a sudden he's about to kill you. Uh, Idle Hands. Jamie, that's twenty years later. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> to me, it removes what's scary about it. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right. Well, fifteen years. Wow. That was quick, though. How about that? that was- yeah, it was really fast. <laughs> Duncan, do you have anything else to add to this historic show? <laughs> uh, just that has been an absolute blast, and. Um, if anyone has the opportunity to to jump over, check out my show. You're always welcome. I'm currently doing a topic which is not too dissimilar to some yeah, of the stuff. Yeah, talk about that. Yeah. yeah, some of the stuff we've been doing tonight. I'm currently running down what I class as the top 10 best and worst horror remakes. So in each show, you'll get what I consider, like, for example, we've, we've done 10 and 9 already. The next show is 8, obviously. So it's my 8th worst 
horror remake as well as the best one. So that each show has a terrible movie and an awesome movie and some really cool guests coming over as well. Um, so yeah, that's that's what I'm running through at the moment. And um, when that finishes off, uh, we will be doing five weeks of Baz v Halloween. Um which will take us through October and then my show is undertaking a, a slight facelift it'll be changing slightly and it'll be coming back in a different format um, to celebrate our second year of podcasting so yeah we said this year we weren't going to review movies anymore so that really worked out <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's amazing what happens when you're lazy and go well, let's just review this oh let's just review a movie <laughs> eh, fuck alright well, thanks again, bro, coming on. Great, great job, great insight. Uh, perfect guy for for this topic. For Duncan and Jamie, this is Alex. We hope you enjoyed Skeleton Crew, show number 93. And we will be back very soon with number 94. And uh, we have some cool things coming up. We will still get to the Abbott and Costello meet the Skeleton Crew. Mm, you guys might know what that is we talked about it last year it's going to come up in october so a few weeks away but a couple other things before that so thank you for listening and have a good night